Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This has been a presentation of Odyssey, powered by the Beat the Streak podcast with new tips daily to help you win a $5.6 million prize. Listen on the Odyssey app and wherever you find your podcasts. Curry gets it, the lights go out. The game is over, and we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Wiggins will handle to get Steph off the ball. Andrew into the front court. Just beat the eight-second call. Leading by 13 with the ball. Wiggins down the lane, rises, and hammers with the right. A little Air Canada as he spikes it down. What a night for Andrew Wiggins and what a night for the Golden State Warriors in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. A big fourth quarter, 29-20 dubs, and they go on to win Game 5, 104-94. We welcome you inside. Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson at Chase Center along with Whitey Gleason. And my goodness, Whitey, on a night where Steph Curry 0 of 9 from 3, 7 of 22 overall, the Warriors lost at one point a 16-point lead, and the Celtics were up uh, late in the third quarter, but the Warriors had answers, a lot of Andrew Wiggins, and now one win away from an NBA championship. Yeah, how about that Maple Monster tonight? Incredible game. couple things that jumped out to me, J.D., I really thought the Warriors won this game with their defense. They really set the tone, I thought, in the first quarter. And, you know, Boston, to me, that that first quarter defensively was a continuation of the fourth quarter of the last game for the Warriors, where they were able to limit Boston's penetration, forcing them into the bad decisions and threes that they weren't making. So I really thought the Warrior defense was, was the foundation for the win tonight. And I also thought that... The Celtics, for the first time in this series in that fourth quarter, to me, J.D., they looked beaten. They looked beaten and they looked frustrated. And I think, you know, when they won the first game, they had that in their pocket. They lost game two. It's like, yeah, we got the split. They win game three. Then to lose game four, which was a lost opportunity for them. And then tonight, to come back like they did and then see that game, you know, slip away from them again uh, under a warrior onslaught in the fourth quarter, Boston realized, to me, for the first time in the series, I think they feel like, wow, we thought we had this. We might lose this series. And so we'll see what kind of effort they bring forth in the next game. I'm not saying it's all over, but I noticed Boston uh, with the body language and as frustrated as they were, they, as I said, they look to me as beaten as they have at any point in this series. 
and they flipped the script on the Warriors in the third quarter for the first time in this series. 35-24 Celtics. They had at one point a five-point lead. It was a four-point lead late. I thought there were three different points, Whitey, in this game where the Warriors won the game. I thought the first quarter, and you're spot on as far as the defense and the 27-16, to perfectly said extension of game four in the fourth quarter when the Warriors were able to put that game to bed. I thought late in the third quarter, some incredible shot making. Clay Thompson, a couple of three-pointers. Jordan Poole, a couple of three-pointers. With the Celtics hitting everything, it had a game one vibe inside Chase Center. Like, uh-oh, what is going on? Are the Celtics going to get up 8, 10, 12 points right here? And then everybody's going to be groaning and wondering what's happening going into the fourth quarter. But two big Clay Thompson threes, two big Jordan Poole threes, including the buzzer beater at the end of the third. And it felt like what should have probably been or could have at least probably been a five six eight point Celtics lead was a one point Warriors advantage going to the fourth the crowd was back in it and the Warriors were able then in the beginning of the fourth quarter those first five six minutes of the quarter push it right back up to 11 quickly Stephen Curry not even back in the game yet, uh, and then the Warriors are able to, to kind of coast. Enough big plays, enough shots, enough defense down the stretch to wind up winning this one, 104-94. Clay made some big shots, you're right, and you know he's having a good series. I know he had that one terrible game, but he's having a really good series, and he made some big-time shots tonight when the Warriors really needed him to, and it's a great point you make about Poole. Poole had a good game, and that's saying a lot because he did not have a good first half. They were hunting him. I think he was minus eight in the first half and then for him to end up where he did which was what 14 points uh, let's see he made four of eight tonight three of six threes he shot the ball really well so that's saying a lot and how about you know you don't notice Gary Payton a second he had had 15 points tonight JD on six of eight shooting so with Steph struggling a way that you would have understood right in the last game if he'd shot like this you'd say oh yeah the foot Uh, but the Warriors picking up uh, the offensive flack and also I'll say this for Steph even though he did not make a three for the first time in his career, he didn't make a three in a playoff game. He had eight assists tonight and only one turnover. And, of course, turnovers again tonight, a huge factor. Yeah, and you look at the turnovers, the Warriors only seven total mm-hmm. turnovers for the game, and they were able to force the Celtics into 18 when the Warriors have been able to force the Celtics into turnovers. We really talked about this after game three. Warriors have to force more turnovers. They were able to do that tonight. They did it in Game 4, and I think a big reason, among the many reasons, that the Warriors now sit here with the 3-2 lead in this series with Game 6 to be played in Boston on Thursday night. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game with John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason as the Warriors. Now sit one victory away, uh, either Thursday night in Game 6 or in a Game 7 back in this building at Chase Center on Father's Day Sunday. The Warriors uh, one more win from their fourth title in the last eight years. Uh, Andrew Wiggins attacking, and we discussed the fact that, hey, a lot of times it comes down to the three-point shot, but Wiggins, the job that he's done on Tatum in this series really held Tatum in check down the stretch after Tatum had been getting going earlier. But 0 of 6 from 3, and Wiggins still able to make a big-time impact on the game because he's attacking, he's slashing, mm-hmm. big buckets with the shot clock running down. I mean, this is the, the all-star first-half Wiggins in the biggest moments of this Warrior season. 
Yeah, JD, I just tweeted uh, Andrew Wiggins is underpaid, but I, you're right. I mean, attacking <laughs> at <laughs> attacking at both ends of the floor and playing with so much energy, and we know about you know some of the issues physically he's had in the second uh, half of the season. And if he's dealing with anything right now, you wouldn't know it. Thirteen rebounds, and that's another thing that was really interesting to me. The Warriors and Wiggins in particular just seem to get stronger. And for the second game, we saw I thought physically Boston start to wear down. You mentioned. Tatum, how many times, you know, he missed two free throws, he's short with his jump shots, and I know he's playing heavy minutes and he's carrying a major load there, but the the younger Celtics seem to wear down the last two games more than the Warriors, and this in the first half, you know, this was kind of a an ugly, slug it out, gritty, physical, playoff type, low scoring game. You'd think that would favor Boston, but the Warriors, they defended so well tonight that they were very, very comfortable with that type of style tonight. Well, and that's the the big adjustment, I think, from Game 3 to the last two games of this series, Whitey, has just been that the Warriors have matched the force and matched the physicality and matched the defense. They're winning this series now with their defense. And yes, Andrew Wiggins scored 26, and yeah, Curry had 43 in Game 4, and Klay Thompson shot it well tonight, 5 of 11 from three-point range. They got contributions from Poole. They got contributions from Peyton. But the biggest adjustment indifference from the first three games. The Warriors had it in game two, but the games that the Warriors have won in this series, they have set the tone defensively, and they should, at least going into it, we both believe this, have the capability to bog the Celtics down enough to where the Warriors have more offensive weapons, at least on paper, that can get going or that can still hit shots even when maybe things aren't going well, and that's been more true to form here in these last two games that the Warriors have come out on top. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. We've we've been talking about the Celtics and their half-court woes for a long time now, and of course they've been talking about that, you know, presumably all season long in Boston. And a lot of times you'll hear pundits say, well, they have to value the ball and take care of the ball, but J.D., the more I watch them, and we've watched them an awful lot, not only in this series, but throughout the playoffs, it seems to me they understand the value of the ball. They're just, they're, they're just not very good passers. They're willing passers, but they make so many bad decisions. Some of that gets back back to the fact that they don't have a true point guard to run their offense. Smart is a good player, not a good point guard. Tatum, I don't think he's a great facilitator, and he's kind of, they run their offense through him. So it's not that Boston is dumb. It's not that they don't understand the importance of not turning the ball over. They're just, that's a real weakness for them, and the Warriors ratcheting up the defensive pressure are really taking advantage of that. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. couple of uh, text messages here on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Uh, Warriors locked it down in the fourth quarter for the second straight game. Truly a strength in numbers performance mm-hmm. from the 5-1-0. And I think really these last couple of games, strength in numbers showing through with Peyton tonight and Poole. Poole had the help in game two. Looney the other night coming up big. Warriors getting a, a lot of contributions from the so-called trustables in, in this series as it has, has dragged on here. Yeah, and, you know, also we had Draymond playing a 
pretty good game. You know, certainly much better than he had been playing. He was solid tonight. He only had eight points, but, you know, three of six. Uh, he had uh, eight uh, rebounds and six assists. So that was he did foul out again, but that was huge, too. It was like, that's Draymond Green. You could recognize him. But, yeah, as you said, the Warriors had five guys in double figures, much more balanced scoring. And I, I was on yesterday with, with Evan, and we were talking about Steph, 43 points. Could he do it again? And I said, you know, I think he could, but I, I think they're in trouble if they need him to. And to that point, obviously, some of the others, some of the other trustables stepping up tonight offensively, and that's when they get so difficult to guard. And the Celtics, you know, that's their strength. And when they struggled, uh, they, the offense struggles, and then they're in transition, and the Warriors take advantage of that. This series really, I know we go back and forth on this, and there, there's a lot of pizza left in this box, but the Warriors really, the last few games, have really tilted this series heavily, heavily in their favor. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to Jason in Palo Alto, who gets us tipped off here tonight. When one person hangs up, that's your opportunity to to chime in here and get in line as uh, we get this thing rolling here. Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, Jason, you're on with Whitey and JD. Hey, all. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for taking the call. Um, I am so stoked. I am so stoked. The best thing. The best thing that happened tonight and you we you can you can argue it but to me the best thing that happened tonight 0 for 9 from Steph Curry from 3 what i really thought after game 4 we needed Steph with another 40 i really thought it was going to be another kind of legendary game 5 from Steph and otherwise we had no hope cuz we knew Boston was going to punch back we knew they were going to bounce back but the best thing that happened tonight, Steph Curry 0 for 9 from 3. And as a team, I'll, I'll say that the team went 9 for 40. Mm-hmm. That's less than 25% from 3. What? From the Warriors? And we pull off a double-digit win? Unbelievable. Let's give our flowers to GP, uh, who dropped in 15 and 3 steals in less than a half an hour of play. Let's give our flowers to, of course, Wiggins is playing like he actually wants to steal that finals MVP from Steph Curry. I mean, I'm not, I think, I think, of course, of course, Curry needs it, wants it. I think he deserves it. But, I mean, Wiggins has been unbelievable on both sides of the game. I'm so stoked. I'll be honest, as a basketball fan, yes, I'm down for game seven. But as a diehard Warriors fan, let's finish this. Let's finish this. Bring bring home bring home what we deserve. Go Dubs for life. Thanks for the call. Great, great, great call. stuff. Jason and Palo Alto checking in. Really good call to get us going here on Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. And the beauty of winning tonight, now you don't have to get the game in Boston on Thursday in Game 6. You're not facing elimination on the road. And I think that just allows you to play that game, Whitey, from from a position of advantage. It just allows you to go in, hang around, make the Celtics play a full 48. The Warriors have shown an ability to come back in this series uh, and and make life difficult for the Celtics. They've shown more of an ability as the series has gone on to defend them. To me, perfect going into Boston, up 3-2, knowing you got the Game 7 back here at Chase in your back pocket. you got a better chance, I think, to win that game up 3-2 than maybe you would have down 3-2. I would 
also suggest that I know Boston has done well in these situations, but I think Boston, they knew they were better than Milwaukee without Middleton, and they knew that they should win that, and they did, and they knew they were better than Miami. And after what I saw in the fourth quarter tonight, I think there's a lot of doubt there. I'm not so sure that they still feel like they're the better team in this series, so I don't know if we're going to see those same Celtics in Game 6. Uh, thank you, Jason. It's a great point about the Warriors going 9 for 40 from the three-point line and still winning by 10. And here's another thing to watch out for in, in, in Game 6. Trey Young just tweeted this. I don't know if you saw this. He said, I feel like Clay's going for 50 in Game 6, so we do have to keep an <laughs> eye out for Game 6 Clay, and he's certainly been trending in that direction, J.D. Another good game for him tonight. Well, and you could make the case, I mean, you know, Draymond was on one in Game two of this series you could you know Steph won them essentially game four of this series you could Wiggins and others mm-hmm. game five tonight you know Looney helped him obviously in game four but Steph was the headliner for game four so that means well what's left right it's left it's it's Game six, Clay. Right, game mm-hmm. six has been left right there for Clay Thompson to try yeah. and get it done and bring the Warriors home. You know, another thing that I think if you're a Warrior fan, you got to feel really good about, it, and maybe you've already realized this, but I think it's true, JD. We've talked a lot about how this team, the future, who knows? Older team, lots of injuries this year. Maybe this is their, you know, their best last chance to win one, and they haven't won anything yet. I realize that, but the way Steph has played and the way Clay looks like he's getting better, and given some of the younger players, I think. I think there's every reason to think that you know the Warriors were, are going to keep that window open. There's every reason to think over the next few years, and I know we got a long ways to go before all that, um, and we don't know who's going to come in, and we don't know how Wiseman's going to recover. But I think you and I—I'll just speak for myself. I know I was wondering a lot this year. Hey, this you know for this core, this might be it. This might be their last chance. I think there's very good reason to think, not necessarily, and they're in great shape. Of course, first things first, they're in great shape to take care of business. Game six in Boston. All right, let's get to our Handyman Hero of the Game. Our Handyman Hero of the Game brought to you by Handyman Heroes, your one-stop shop for home repair and remodeling. Mention the game for a 10% discount on all labor. Visit www.handymanhero.es. And our Handyman Hero the tonight, tonight, another, uh, I, I think, unanimous, although well, we could give a couple honorable mentions, but uh, it's got to be Andrew Wiggins for the 26 points, 13 boards, couple of steals, excellent defense on Jason Tatum, in particular down the stretch, 12 of 23 overall in those 42 minutes. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, my pick for Handyman Hero of the game. Yeah, no question. The Maple Monster. After the last game, J.D., I know we talked about how Steph with that 43-point game in the finals, the way he carried the team almost single-handedly across the finish line. Uh, We talked about how, you know, he did some things that that people said he couldn't do. You could say the same about Wiggins tonight. This was the Wiggins that, you know, Cleveland drafted with the first pick, the Wiggins that we were supposed to see. And this Wiggins tonight was a guy that, you know, over the last couple years, a lot of people and a lot of smart people, people who watched him a lot, people who know a lot about basketball, Basketball said, yeah, he's just not that guy. And tonight, 26 and 13 in the NBA Finals. Tremendous game. Another tremendous game in these finals by Andrew Wiggins. Yes, your Handyman Hero of the Game, presented by Handyman Heroes. Again, your one-stop shop for home repair and remodeling. Mention the game for a 10% discount on all labor www.handymanhero.es 888-957-9570 we got full phone lines uh, we'll keep it rolling here with Tony and Alameda next on 95.7 The Game. Hey Tony 
What's up, Tony? You there? All right, we don't. We lost Tony there. Uh, we'll move on to the next caller, William in Oakland. Hey, William. Nope, lost William too. From William to Adam, Adam in San Francisco. <laughs> What's going on, Adam? Adam, uh, I'm here, guys. So don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what what a game tonight! Uh, wow, I mean, just, I mean, you know, the, the last caller said it, but a game where the Warriors hit nine threes, they're outshot at the free throw line by 15, losing the three point battle uh, to win that game. It's like truly incredible, and a trend I've noticed. Since game four, like Wiggins, Wiggins is the player of the game, no doubt. I mean, super efficient, excellent defense. Um, but Clay Thompson's defense the last two games has been phenomenal. I mean, it lo- he looks, at least for these last two games, has looked like his old self on the defensive end. And, you know, he shot 7 of 14 tonight, you know, 50%, 5 of 11 from 3, uh, 21 points. So, you know, in a game where Steph doesn't have it, those guys came through. I didn't even know Gary Payton had 15 points. So that's just that's just you know cherry on the top. But uh, uh, you know, I, I said it this morning on the morning roast that uh, Draymond. I, like I'm not ready to give up on Draymond just yet, and he came out the gates firing. Uh, that uh, little dribble handoff that he went to the rim, got the dunk. Just his overall demeanor and how he played was was amazing. So. Uh, Obviously, the job's not done yet. You got to win one more. I, I know we have that game seven in the bank, but I, I, I mean, we all remember six years ago in game seven. Like, there's just nothing more stressful. So I, I hope they can get this done in Boston. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call, Adam. Adam in San Francisco checking in. A lot, lot of good points there. But yeah, Clay Thompson has quietly found a little something. He hit some big shots in game four down the stretch yep. as well. Yep. But the defense was. First and, and and at the forefront, and the defense was pretty good again tonight. Yeah, and that yeah, as we said, that's really where the Warriors won this game tonight. And it was kind of a throwback to some of the uh, the other Warrior Championship teams. This was a game where you know they found a way to win when they had so many things that normally go the Warriors' way that didn't. Steph didn't make a three first time in a playoff game, um, and you know the team couldn't make threes, and they were rock solid at the defensive end and just played like the team that felt like they. We're the better team, and I, I, you know, be interesting to see, as I said earlier, how Boston responds to all that pressure going back home. The Warriors, though, uh, real statement. The last two games, real statement wins for this team in the NBA Finals as they're now just one win away from another. Can you believe it, JD? Another championship. This team, pretty incredible, pretty incredible yeah. indeed. Let's get let's get to Mike in Lake Tahoe. Hey, Mike, you're next here on Warriors Wrap Up on ninety five seven. The game. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys, man, what a great game. I mean, it's a classic Warriors. They do. They just have this magical way of of figuring out how to win a game, you know. So it was a beautiful thing to watch, and I watched it from a bar and have everybody hooting and hollering. And, and, you know, I'm sorry to be such a downer, but I'm just so frustrated with the fans in the stands in that third quarter, you know. You know, heart going to your stomach and you're, you know, damn it, we lost the lead. And all the fans are just sitting in their seats, man. And and it's just really bugging me, you know, because uh, when I go to a game, I'm just, I'm, I'm a roaring, you know, loud person along with my sister-in-law. And all the other, the Boston crowd, look at their, the way they cheer on 
their team. And it, it's just, it bugged me tonight to look on that screen and to see so many people just sitting there. They don't, I just, sorry to be a downer, but it bugged me that the Warriors deserve so much better. Um, so that being said, the Warriors overcame everything and they won that game. It was a beautiful thing to see. And come uh, the seventh game, if there is one, I really hope the fans, I mean, whatever we got to do to get fans in, that, in those stands cheering their asses off for the Warriors, that's what I'd like to see. They need a sixth man. You know, that's the sixth man. Thanks, Mike. Oh, it looks it sounds like we lost Mike there a little bit at the end. Look, the crowd was pretty good in the fourth quarter. I thought the crowd was was excellent at the beginning of the game. I thought they were really into it. They propelled the Warriors forward, helped them out to that twenty-seven to sixteen lead. But but yeah, I mean they were stunned a lot, like they were stunned. I thought in game one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, JD. I was going to ask you about that too, and I'm wondering if it's a matter of you know it's some some things don't quite print as well uh, on television, watching on TV. So it's interesting that you thought the Warrior fans finished strong and started strong. I thought beginning of the game, watching on TV. In fact, that's something I I had in mind to ask you. So there may be something getting lost in the translation a little bit. And obviously, how how does it compare? It's nowhere. Is it anywhere near as loud at, or as intense as Boston? Because watching on TV, to Mike's point. It doesn't seem like it. No, it's it's not. I mean, just just being honest, it's it's not yeah. at all. I mean, it and and really, I think the the point that Mike brought up as far as when a team needs a boost, you know, it's let's go Celtics, you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm, and they and, mm-hmm. and and they they kind of rise to the they they kind of rise and and give that little cheer. You know, a team goes on a little bit of a run, and it, and and the home team's down a little bit, and you get a little bit of that nervous cheer, like come on, let's go, let's go, let's get it back, uh, and and that that happens, I think, a, a little bit more there. Uh, but even just before the game, I mean, you know, in in Boston. Uh, just you know, players come out for the early warm up. I mean, they were booing Draymond Green in the early warm up, ninety mm-hmm. minutes before the game, as he came out to take shots and Clay, and they're cheering their guys when they come out for the early warm up. And again, ninety minutes before the game, Jason Tatum comes out to get some shots up, and it's it's like a football game when the position groups come out and and you know. Uh, Fans are, are cheering for the quarterbacks or cheering for the running backs or whatever. So it has been a a different uh, you know different in in the juxtaposition between the two cities. But I mean, look, I thought the Warriors fans were pretty darn good when you know when, at, in a lot of the key moments, first quarter and fourth quarter. I just think if it goes to Game 7, and of course you go to Game 7, you win, nobody cares. But how, I mean, you talk about flashbacks, right? Game 7 at home on, on Father's same Day. Date. Yeah. It's oh, the same my. Date. oh, my. Oh, my. Six goodness. years to the day. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Who wants any part of that? I guess that would be a good way to put some of those uh, ghosts to rest. But still, I just soon take care of things. Game 6 in Beantown. Yeah, every date. I think I mentioned this the other night, but every date of of you know game one, game every date for all the games in this series matches the date for each game of that 2016 series. So, not not to alarm anybody, not trying to, not trying, but but tonight was you know six years ago tonight was Draymond over at the Coliseum watching the watching the game five suspended with Bob Myers in a suite as the as the, you know Kyrie and and. 
and LeBron were going for 40 apiece. So much better June the 13th this time around, a much better June the 13th than the last time the Warriors played on June the 13th when they were uh, eliminated by the Toronto Raptors and uh, obviously the hor- horrible Clay Thompson injury that night. So this is, a, this is a pretty good June 13th for the Warriors to this point. I had another flashback to that game tonight, and right before Marcus Smart got his tee, he was, you know, he's getting really frustrated with the way Poole was guarding him, and I thought he gave him a shot in the uh, in the nether region there. I thought he gave him a little elbow, and I thought, you remember when Poole was hurt, and this was before Marcus Smart hit him in the face, and I thought he gave him a little, you know, that's the type of thing the NBA may, may look at. I thought it, it was subtle, but it was there would be a camera angle where it was, to me, it was like up high with a forearm, and then drop it down below, right right in the business area. So I don't know. That's something that the league may take, be taking a look at. I'm not saying they're going to suspend them, but I'll be interested to see if the league has any response to that. 888-957-9570. Let's keep it moving on the phone lines here. And uh, who is up next? The longest hold on the board. Uh, let's go to let's go to Al in Alameda here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Al. Yes, hi. Good evening. Thank you for uh, taking my call here. Yes, uh, I, I just got some few points here uh, uh, about Steph Curry. Why, uh, um, not only my friends, uh, you know, he's awful nine. He's human, okay, and he, he didn't make trees. But I, I'm just trying to say, let, let's just say, if you made five out of six of trees, would you make a big issue out of that? I don't think so. Okay, they're making a big issue because of his trees. You haven't seen him miss a trees, and and people are, people are like, oh my God, he's not making trees. We're gonna lose. Okay, so he did his 16 points, but I'm looking at a percentage, field goal percentage. We got 47 percent here. Okay, and on the paint, we got 50, and that 50 points in the paint there, 16 of that, I think that's Curry, that's Stephen Curry right there. Okay, I know he missed nine, nine threes there, but he did his points there, and most of them are in the paint, 16 points. I, I think that's what it is. Okay, most of them is like a little floater or, or uh, a teardrop. Okay, so we're not going to cry about, oh, he didn't make his threes. And uh, second of all, uh, Boston, he's the key loss for Boston here. Okay, we're not seeing his pit bull, that little pit bull, what's his name here? Uh, guy, uh, smart. He's, he's not there. He, he, him and his complaining, plus his coach, he complaining about it. So they got technical. That's, that's the key, well, key point right there. That's why they lost there, okay? The bench, Pritchard, Harper, okay, he, he busted by one or two, three points. They're not like they were busting three points against Miami. And like in the corner, kitty corner, they're not playing. Nobody's playing defense against those guys, okay? And turnovers, too, they were ahead of us in the turnovers. Thanks for the call, Al. Al in Alameda looks sounds like we lost him there. Let, let's uh, let's any comments there on on Al's Al's takeaways? Uh, just two real quick. Yeah, um, the Celtics their bench scored one point in the first half, and I just as far as Steph's streak goes, it is a big deal. But it's not a big deal because oh my goodness, it's terrible. It's a big deal because he'd gone what two hundred twenty three straight games in both the regular season and the playoffs with at least a three pointer. It's not oh this is terrible. What happened? It's like. Wow, what an incredible streak. It's over now, but we may never see anything quite like that again. 
Yeah, and you got to go all the way back to 2018, the last time that Curry didn't hit a three in a, in a game. And so, yeah, that is a, a major storyline. I thought as far as just you, you look at the three-point shooting, we talked about that, but the Warriors won this game because they were 32 for 48 from two-point range tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 66% from from two. Wow. And and that's where the Warriors get the, get the job done. They're forcing turnovers, but they're also – hitting twos, whether it's floaters, whether it's putbacks, whether it's jumpers in between with the Celtics trying to run them off the line. The Warriors able to win this game by hitting the twos. Uh, 888-957-9570. Jenny and Alamo next. What's up, Jenny? Hey, so I was at the game, and I actually kind of thought it was like Roracle. I thought it was loud as could be. I didn't notice that there were some lulls although we were darn nervous, but I thought the crowd was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, one thing, because I, I didn't have the advantage of watching on TV, how in the heck did Looney, how many minutes did he play when he suddenly had three fouls, and I think he should have maybe had one at best? And then also, is it Marcus Smart that's holding, like, Steph and Wiggins on every play? One of them, they got a three-point bucket while they're absolutely holding and doing offensive fouls. Fa- yeah, offensive fouls against Steph, and of course, no call. So I want to see what you guys' takes were on those. But boy, what a game! And it's you know, it's really funny because uh, at the beginning of the season, my son and I, who are the ones that go to the games, it's kind of our thing since 2015. We thought this is it; we're going to make it to the finals. And oh my gosh, we did it! Like this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. What a gift this season has been, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and especially when you look at where things were. I mean, we talked about it briefly, but three years ago tonight. I mean, three years ago tonight, the Warriors lose to the Raptors. Toronto wins the championship. Clay Thompson has the ACL injury. Working his way back from the ACL injury, he has the Achilles injury. Kevin Durant leaves, and then COVID hits. Steph Curry breaks his hand, and you look at at the way the last two years have gone for the Warriors. For them to be right back in the position that they are, a win away from a title. When you look at everything that's happened, just in the in the context of these last three years on the calendar, from June 13, 2019 to June 13, 2022, it, it's pretty amazing the journey uh, for them to get back to this point to where they are now, one win away from another title. Yeah, because you know when they were 15 and 50, and they talked about the gap year and getting back, you know, on track. And I I, I can't speak for everyone else, but I know there were sometimes when I'd kind of roll my eyes. You know, you look at that team's like, oh my goodness, they're going to get back to the finals, and and here we are. To uh, Jenny's point, yeah, Kavon Looney tonight played. Just under 17 minutes, had five fouls. I know Jeff Van Gundy on the telecast has been saying that Loon is getting some. He thinks he's getting bad calls. He's on the screens he's setting. He thinks that Loon is setting some really good screens and they're calling fouls on him. And, yeah, Smart has been grabbing. I think there was one play where he had hold of two different Warriors on one play. But there's been a lot of grabbing going on. He's been very, very handsy. He actually, I know the last caller was critical of Smart. JD, he had a good game tonight. Other than he had, you know, he's, he always does. He had four turnovers, but he actually had a really good game for the Celtics tonight with with twenty points. He just lost his composure a little bit. Yeah, no, he he did. I think another key is what the Warriors were able to do to Jalen Brown tonight. I mean, yeah, the first real game where they really frustrated him. I know somewhat down the stretch in Game Four, but five of eighteen for Jalen Brown. 
Tatum, it didn't seem like he played nearly as well as the 27 on, on 10 of 20. He did make some three-pointers. But the free-throw shooting, another part of this thing. Yes, the Celtics were able to get to the line 31 times, but they only hit 21 of the 31. So some points left on the board there uh, as far as the officiating and, and all of that goes. Looney ended up with the 16 minutes, a little under 17. And, yeah, Marcus Smart, uh, I, I saw the same play that – uh, that everybody did. I think we all saw where he had basically committing an <laughs> offensive foul on two different Warrior players yeah. uh, while while the three-point shot was going up and in. Uh, but the Warriors just keep keep on fighting, keep on persevering, keep on keeping on, and I think that's a, a big reason. You know, that That's the testament to this series, just finding a way. We had a call earlier, just finding a way to win, whether it's Wiggins on this night or Steph on another night or Draymond leading you the way on another night or a little bit of Peyton here or a little bit of Poole there when he hasn't maybe had a great series and in some individual games he hasn't looked real good at all, but he's also had two or three stretches where you know his stretch tonight helped them win the game. His mm-hmm. stretch in game two helped them win the game. You know, Looney helps him win uh, game four with the way that he he played. And so it's it's not necessarily – the total numbers of any one player, but it's the ability to play big in some big moments that's been key for the Warriors in this series. I agree with you on Tatum. I, it doesn't seem like he had as good of a game as his numbers suggest. I think that's because he faded so badly. The free throw shooting was huge for a couple of reasons. Not only did Boston miss a lot, but the Warriors got into the bonus, into the penalty pretty early in a couple of quarters, and Boston really didn't take advantage of that. And Boston, their first half, they made 39% from the floor. They were 20% from the three-point line, and they were 44.4% from the foul line. Some of that was Warrior defense, but some of that, again, was that Boston offense just ceasing to function. 888-957-9570. We'll keep it rolling here. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors wrap-up. Warriors 104, Celtics 94. So the Dubs now up three games to two in the best-of-seven series with game six to be played in Boston on Thursday night. So uh, next, David in San Leandro. Hey, David. Gentlemen, uh, love the show. Um, six years ago tonight, I was in the West Side Club, um, and along with Bob Myers and Draymond was Marshawn Lynch with a bottle of Henny, and I saw with my own two <laughs> eyes right. walking into that uh, that booth uh, or the the suite. Um, that's a little known fact, or a well known fact, probably. But sorry, guys, I called. Uh, <laughs> I called when they. Uh, closed out in Game 5 against the Mavericks, and it was just unbelievable for this team to be back in the finals, and I was satisfied. Uh, and after tonight, I'm greedy. They they got to win it. They got they got to win this thing. And um, the line the defensive lineup in short bursts that I think was just a genius chess move by Kerr was uh, Curry, GP2. Wiggins, Clay, Draymond. Uh, that really, really frazzled the Celtics. And if Curry doesn't bulk up and put in the work with his body, they can't do that. But they were going after Poole. They cannot. Curry is an underrated defender, and that lineup uh, was great. 
Love the show. Love the dubs. Let's get it done. And uh, go Warriors. Let's finish this thing in Boston. Warriors in six. Thanks, David. Go ahead, Whitey. I think the reason they were able to get away with that lineup, and this is pretty obvious, but it's an interesting point because we know at times this year Steve Kerr has been more, you know, he's had to make those choices. Do I go offense or defense here? And to the point David made, Wiggins was so good offensively tonight that, and, and of course Peyton was as well, you know, and Draymond wasn't bad. So I know at, at, at one point it may or may not have been when that particular lineup was on the floor, but Jeff Van Gundy wondered aloud, where is their offense going to come from? Um, often that is an issue for the Warriors when they put one of their better defensive lineups on the floor. Tonight, it was not. You can imagine how, how much of a luxury that was for Steve Kerr tonight. Yeah, and to David's point about they got to win it now, imagine the way they don't win it now, right? The only way they don't win it now is if they lose Game 6 and Game 7 and lose Game 7 at home, and we know how painful that can be going back to that series against Cleveland. So, yeah. I think if you felt like it was house money coming into the playoffs or coming into this series, they got to win it now. They really do got to win it now. Yeah. I, I'll i say it. Who knows what's going to happen? I, I, I believe I had the Warriors in six. I, I like the Warriors in six. And I think Boston, they're not the same team right now. They're a little bit beaten. And I'm sure they're going to have their moments in front of their home crowd. And I'm sure it's not going to be easy. But I really like the Warriors. I think this series is really rolling uh, in their favor in game six. I really like the Warriors to win this thing in the next game. Philmo Mike, you're next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, What's up, Philmo? Hey, what's up, y'all? I was listening to Al, man. He was rambling so much, almost forgot what I was going to say. But the other callers were so on point, they got me back focused. But nah, GP2, hey, he, 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 he always picked people at that same little spot, and they try to do the same move. It's almost like he lures them to sleep them to sleep, and then he, like, sets them up for that pick. He did it to Jason Tatum a couple uh, games ago. Uh, I love how the Warriors came out. They came out on top. I was really waiting for that, for them to to just blitz the team. Uh, another caller said Curry going 0 for 9 from 3 is a good thing. It's a good thing that we won and him going 0 for 9 for 3. Two reasons, because he's going back to TD Garden. He loves to play there. He's not going to go 0 yes. for 9. I expect a, a decent game from uh, from Curry. I loved how Draymond played. He played with intent. He wasn't playing uh, scared. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't the clone Vic Damone. I don't, you know, his clone Vic Damone. I call him Vic Damone, Junior, Junior, when he playing bad. Uh, but yeah, man, great game, great win, and we, hey, we one more, we more, we one more win away, one more win away, Whitey from being. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? So we got it. We got it. We almost got. We got. We got to get this win though. We gotta get this win. Thanks, Mike. Great phone call from Mike. And, and here's the thing: I'm with him 100 percent on Steph going back to TD Garden. It, mm-hmm. He just zones in on a different level in that building, and I, I'm expecting a big. We've had the bounce back game from Clay. We've had a couple, I think, of bounce back games from Draymond in this series. After you know, game three and four, really tonight he bounces back. Tough game one for Draymond. He bounces back in game two. Now we're looking for the bounce-back game from Steph Curry. And I I think heading on the road, believe it or not, closeout game, finals MVP on the line, I think that sets up very well for Steph. I thought, J.D., and I I don't know how much this had to do with his struggles, 
And if it did have something to do with the struggles, I expect him to, you know, check it out and then make an adjustment. But I did think Boston played them a little bit differently tonight, and they looked like they were much more focused on denying once he got rid of the ball in the, in the first half, I think especially noticeable. They're much more focused on keeping the ball from getting back to him. So I'm wondering how much that might have had to, you know, he wasn't getting in those pick and rolls and then the drop coverage situations as much. But also the Warrior offense looked more like the old Warrior offense where you had more balanced scoring and a more balanced attack. And the thing is, you win the game by 10, so who cares how you do it? Well, and look, if the Celtics were trying to take Steph away, we've talked about this through the first four games of the series, that should open things up for the others to get rolling, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Wiggins Mm -hmm. gets rolling, Clay's efficient, others step into the void there, and the Warriors wind up winning the game anyway. So it kind of leaves the Celtics, I think, in some ways, why do you scratch in their head? Well, we played it one way, got beat, played it the other way, got beat. Now what? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think their answer to that, not that we care so much about what they're going to do, but it's, I mentioned it because it's similar to what Steve Kerr has said. And I know Ime Udoka mentioned this yesterday. They feel like if their offense is functioning better, then their defense is much better because, as we say over and over, you know, they score and then their half-court uh, defense can get set up. But that's the real issue with this Boston team. And that's going to determine whether they're able to win anything at this point or down the road, if they're really going to take that next step they're so vulnerable in the half court um and the warriors the way they attacked them uh defensively and prevented you know dribble penetration the warriors are really taking advantage of of boston's greatest weakness right now that and the turnovers they commit it's gonna be really tough for them uh to you know win win two games in a row and win this championship all right, one hour down. we got two hours to come. That's right. We're going all the way until midnight, 888-957-9570. Carlos, Ricky, Eric, y'all are coming up next. couple of lines open, 888-957-9570. The Xfinity Mobile text line is open as well. Warriors take game five. They lead this best-of-seven series, 104-94, and you heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
Clay Thompson, right wing three. Yes, sir! Clay Thompson's got 21. The lead equals the largest of the night at 16. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hour number two, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570 as we react to the Warriors' Game 5 win over the Celtics, 104-94, the final big fourth quarter for the Dubs, 29-20 after the Celtics had roared back, first game of this series where the Celtics got the better of the Warriors in quarter number three, but the second consecutive game where the Warriors get the better of the Celtics in the fourth quarter, first and fourth quarters, really, where the Warriors wind up winning this game. Also, some big-time shot-making Whitey at the end of the third quarter. A couple of threes from Clay Thompson, a couple of threes from Jordan Poole that prevented the Celtics from running out too close to a, a double-digit lead. If that happens, I think we're looking at the fourth quarter entirely differently. But with the buzzer beater from Jordan Poole at the end of the third, the Warriors were actually up one going to the fourth. After the Celtics had put that that thirty five twenty four spurt on the dub, so it had to feel really good for Golden State and demoralizing for the Celtics to play so well and to still be trailing even by one point. It was amazing how much of a difference that one shot seemed to make at the time. It was amazing how big of a difference it felt like it made, even though, okay, well, we had a good quarter. We're only beyond by one. But it really seemed to take a toll on Boston. And, and you know, demoralizing the way they've played in the last two fourth quarters with the game on the line of both of the last two games, they had a chance to win, and the Warriors end up winning going away. That's why I think... To me, Boston looks a little more beaten. They look beaten more, and I mean, in their own heads, like, wow, these guys are beating us more than they have at any point in this series. They won the first game. They're like, yeah, we won that first game. Got to split it, uh, you know, in their place. That's okay. One game, three, and then the last two games, it's been like fourth quarter, winning time. What do you got? They have not been the better team. They've been falling apart. I think that leaves a mark psychologically, but we'll see. Obviously, they have bounced back before. We'll see what they bounce back with in game six but I I have a sense they're done. Let's get to Carlos in Alameda. Carlos is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up at 888-957-9570. Hey, Carlos. Hey, what's up, y'all? Enjoy the show. Um, I just got a couple. I got like four major comments. One of them is I'm loving the fact that we uh, snapped that Celtics uh, didn't lose two in a row streak. I'm mm-hmm. loving that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, I feel like, not to go spiritual, but I feel like the Warriors are on a, are on a war path towards destiny. And I don't feel like it, it could have been the Celtics. It could have been Miami. It could have been whomever. And we were still going to be winning it. I don't want to be jinxing this in essence. Uh, I, I also meant I called in last game, and I wanted to just thank you, J.D., for being up at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock from uh, the East Coast. I uh, appreciate that. I'm looking forward to that one again on uh, Game Six, uh, and then I just wanted to update my uh, last thing. I saw, I wanted to update my. Uh, I, I called it in, in seven last game, but I'm gonna update that to Game in, uh, uh Nowadays, I'm gonna, I'm gonna update it to uh, taking it in six, mostly because I feel like old school Warriors they love um, winning in that home court, and I think a couple calls back, someone mentioned that about Steph's just different uh, away on the road. And I feel like uh, we're about to see Game 6 play combined with that staff and just go old school, snatch the soul uh, on the foreign soil. Uh, Warriors in 6. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thanks for the call. I know Warriors in 7, that came up a lot the other night after Game 4. We've got our first amendment to that. Warriors Mm -hmm. in 6 from Carlos and Alameda.
Yeah, and I, I you know, the, I know that the Warriors would love to give that back to the Boston fans for the way they treated Draymond. Um, you know, not that you need anything to rally around when you have a chance to win the freaking NBA Finals, but still, little extra motivation on top of uh, the supreme motivation doesn't hurt. It'd be a great answer from Draymond and from the Warriors. Like, you could talk all you want. We just won the championship on your home floor, so that's going to shut you up. So I know, uh, and the Warriors are in position. I think they have a great chance to do that. Yeah, I think they got to be looking at it feeling pretty good. I, I think demoralized the Celtics. You touched on it a little bit. Could be a little bit demoralized coming off of the way that they lost game four and then the way that they lost game five and things flipped back in the Warriors' favor so quickly, even after the Celtics had put it on them the way that they did uh, in that third quarter. But still with Jordan Poole and the big run at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Warriors able to prevail 29-20 in the fourth for the Dubs. You mentioned the note, or at least Carlos did, about the Celtics dropping two in a row. First time the Celtics have lost consecutive games in the postseason. And March 28th and 30th is the last time even in the regular season. So really two and a half months. You go all the way back to March, the last time the Celtics had lost consecutive games. Uh, And so, yeah, the the Warriors, uh, that's the only time also that the Celtics had done it since the last week of January. So in the, the long run after the Celtics were were under 500 and then to 500 and then they had that 26 and, and 6 finish to the year uh, after the 25 and 25 start whitey one time basically in the last four and a half months the Celtics had lost two in a row before tonight so the Warriors uh, put that on them and, and they were going to have to do it if they were going to win this series so game four and five can they do it three in a row Tough task, but I'm with you, Whitey. I think they got a great opportunity on Thursday. And here's another thing that has to be in Boston's heads a little bit demoralizing. Sure, you know they're pro athletes. Doesn't mean that's gonna you know they can't recover from it. But still, they came out in the third quarter tonight with force, and they turned the game around. All of a sudden, you could see it from the jump. Well, there wasn't a jump. There's not a jump to start second half anymore. But you could see it from the start of the half, where you know where you got Jalen Brown going down hill and you got all of a sudden the pressure on the basketball they ratcheted up it's like oh my goodness the Celtics are back and yet for the second game in a row they fade late and if you're Boston you got to be looking at the, the the Warriors say I thought those were the old guys this is two games in a row in the fourth quarter where we're getting tired and they're picking up speed gaining momentum so that's gonna be another thing right now that Boston has to be wondering all right how is that happening what are we gonna do about that well, and I think so much of it comes down to shot making and a big a big question coming into this series, which team would be better late in games? Would it be the Celtics who have their pecking order of who they want to go to and how they want to get that player the basketball? Or would it be the Warriors who go about it a different way? And yeah, it's been a lot of Steph Curry, at least in game four, but the Warriors with more of the ball movement and, and it could wind up in anybody's hands. And that has been that's worked to a, to a better extent. It's been Curry and it's been the others that have done enough down the stretch in these games for the Warriors to prevail. 
Yeah, it was 74-72 Boston. Uh, you know, layup and an and one from Brown. And then after that, the Warriors went on a run. And it was, thanks for coming, Boston Celtics. Good night. You're right. The shot making is huge. And, and Boston just has, again, for the umpteenth time, too many extended periods where they just cease to function in the half court offensively. It's their biggest weakness. And that and the turnovers they commit go hand in hand. Ricky in Boston is next here at 888-957-9570. Hey, Ricky. Hey, guys. How you doing, man? Good. 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 Awesome. Awesome. What's up, man? Listen, so uh so I talk about Clay's defense tonight, man. Again, it was phenomenal. Um, I called you last Friday. Mm-hmm. I told you uh I think Clay figured out Jalen Brown. I think Clay has you know I think Clay is getting stronger the longer the series goes. And I think his defense on Jalen is just on point, man. Um tonight Clay was what, seven for fourteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, he he gave you twenty one points. That's a Clay Thompson I know. That's a Clay Thompson that like I'm a fanboy. Like I'm I'm it. Yeah, I'm, Clay Thompson's my favorite player. Um, you know, this is all finished business for Clay, you know, f- since two thousand nineteen. You know, I, I think like I said before, he has that mamba mentality. I remember like it was last week I saw a clip of his father, Michael Thompson, doing a pre game interview talking about Clay, you know, practicing with Kobe when he was in high school. I mean, that's insane, bro. You know, that's crazy. You're in high school, you know, you're practicing with Kobe Bryant, you're taking lessons from him. And Clay has that, man. If anybody who has the mother mentality, it's not Jason Tatum, it's, it's Clay Thompson, bro. And, you know, Clay tonight with Jordan Poole, I'll give Jordan Poole his props tonight. They saved him the third quarter. They saved the worst because, my, my, my God, Wiggins, he was throwing brick after brick in the um, – with three-point shots in the third quarter. But, you know, he knows his strengths. He, he took it to the hole in the fourth. So Wiggins redeemed himself, and he had a good game. Um, also, man, I just, like I said, just come to Boston, get this W, bro. You know, don't play around with it. You know, push, you know, be the bully. You know, do that Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard fight when, you know, when Sugar, you know, bully the bully on Duran. I want to say one more thing, guys. Viva la Warriors, cabrones. Thank you so much, man. All right, Ricky, checking in, 888-957-9570. Go ahead, Whitey. Um, well, I was just going to point out, Clay, in addition to everything that, that Ricky said, you know, he was 5 for 11 beyond the arc tonight. He took more threes than anybody else in the game, and he made, he made you know, that's a good percentage, obviously, 5 for 11. But he also only, again, get back to turnovers, Clay committed only one turnover tonight, and Steph only one turnover, and Jordan Poole only one turnover. I think when it comes to cutting down on your turnovers, I think the Warriors are more capable of doing that because they're, they're a better ball-handling team that gets careless. Boston, on the other hand, they're just not a very good passing team. Uh, did you see the shirt that Steph Curry was wearing post game in his uh, post game press conference? Aisha Curry Whitey. can cook. Aisha Curry can cook. Do you know what that's in reference to? What is that in that's, reference to exactly? That that is in reference to there. There was a tweet put out by the former uh, Red Sox third baseman Will Middlebrooks. Uh, it was in between. <laughs> well, there there was a, a bar basically. Uh, out in Boston that put a sign out in front of their bar. You know how bars will sometimes have a sign out in front? You know, Oh, the, yeah, that's right. Pavement. I heard about that. I heard about that. And it, yeah. was, and it was Aisha Curry can't cook is what yeah. that sign said. And, uh, yeah, Will Middlebrooks, the former third baseman of the Red Sox, <laughs> had actually tweeted it, and it went viral, and that's how everybody knew. He was like, yeah, I love it here. You know, the Boston fans having fun uh, with that. So, yeah, Steph – comes into the post-game press conference with a, a shirt that reads, Aisha Curry can cook. Yes. 
Yeah, Will Middlebrooks, one of those can't-miss prospects who uh, unfortunately missed J.D., as you know. He did, no question. Eric is next here on 95.7 The Game on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Eric. Gentlemen, hey. It's a great game. What's going on, man? Just got back home from it. Uh, it was very interesting to see in person. On the drive up, I was listening to Coach Udoka talk about how they were going to not play Steph any differently. Well, it looked like they played up on him a lot more in those pick and rolls. Uh, but the Warriors figured out a way to get past that. It was a great game by Wiggins attacking the basket. Love to see that. I got a little nervous in the first half when I saw a lineup there. I don't know if I'd seen all season. It was like Iguodala, Bialica, Poole, Porter, uh, just not some guys you want to see playing together. But we got out of it, and uh, there was a caller earlier telling us we weren't loud enough. Well, I, I lost some of my voice, so I take offense to that. But I love listening <laughs> to you guys anyway. Thanks Thank for the you, call, Eric. Eric. Yeah, good, yeah. good stuff. I know. I think a lot of people were were a little bit nervous. Not not really in the first half, but I, I think third quarter, it it had some game one vibes. But this time, the Warriors were able to respond. I again, I think the biggest the the top of the fourth quarter is going to get the headlines. The first quarter, I think, is going to get the headlines. I think the Warriors, in in large part, won the game with the way they responded at the end of the third quarter to not be down 6-8-10 going to the fourth. A Clay Thompson miss here, a Jordan Poole miss there, and the Warriors maybe are down 8 or 10 going to the fourth. I thought uh, the comments that Ime Udoka made yesterday, and I think that's what Eric was referring to, I thought they were really interesting because basically to me he was explaining why they're in the coverages they're in. And yeah, he did say, we're not going to do anything different. Of course, that's what a coach is going to say. But to me, he also was defending what they'd been doing. And he he cited some numbers that suggested, you know, Steph's getting some shots in transition. But a lot of people have been criticizing them for playing drop coverage. And if you look at it, J.D., as you, I mean, you've been there, you know, they're their bigs have been out so high. You know, we think a drop coverage is like where you got Rudy Gobert and he's standing at the bottom of the circle. And they're, the Boston's right. bigs have not been doing that. It's just that they got you you got to get out so far out on Steph that they're just not accustomed to. So it, some of that has just been Steph and, you know, taking advantage of – you give him a foot and he's going to make a he shot. He finds the space. Yes, yeah, He finds yes. the space no matter so where it is, even five feet deeper than a, than a lot of guys would. Yeah, but it's not like Horford has been like showing and then you know like running back to the basket Uh, I did think tonight they played them a little differently and tonight I mean this may be an oversimplification to a degree I thought Boston was like all right we're not letting him beat us we'll double him wherever we need to keep the ball uh you know deny it and then the other guys are gonna have to beat us and guess what they did all right let's get to Ben in San Jose 888-957-9570 hey Ben hey guys I was at the game tonight, and I just wanted to say that I think we kept it nice and loud in there tonight. I don't know what that other caller was talking about. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Ben. Appreciate it. Look, I, I thought it was pretty up. loud. Yeah, you backed I thought him it was up, pretty right, loud. JD? Yeah, first, yeah. first and fourth quarter, I thought it was pretty loud. Look, if, if there is one knock uh, on the Chase Center crowd that I do think is fair, is at times when – you know, the, there's lulls in the game. There isn't that pushing the team forward. But a lot of buildings are that way, to, to be mm-hmm. honest. I, but I thought the highs have been pretty high, and I thought the highs were pretty good tonight. So what what grade would you get? I know we're not done yet. 
when we may be done at Chase, but what grade would you give uh, Warrior fans Chase Center? Well, we might be. Their fir- yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I think we are, but we'll see. Um, their first playoff run, their first finals run in new Chase Center. Sounds like A's across the board from John Dickinson. Uh, it would be an A. They're yeah. eleven and one. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean the, the fans. I'm not was... talking about the Warriors. I'm talking about the, you well, know, the no, fans. But yeah. but I think the fans are part of that. I mean, I uh-huh. I think the fans get a. I, I would give the fans, you know, B plus, A minus. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. I, All I, right. Yeah. No, I think solid. Really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I no no real complaints. I think there have been some games where. You no, know, I think part of it too is just the expectation that the Warriors are going to win and dominate. I think and we've talked about this a lot. Like I think there are a lot of Warrior fans that you know don't totally understand that some of these series are going to be tough, and, and they may not, and they may need a little help. Right, I think you're there, right. Or a little boost here or there. I think a lot of fans are are thinking back because they hadn't been in the playoffs since 2019 and and 18 and, and prior to that. That it's just you're going to the show and the Warriors are the, are, are clear cut the best team and they're going to dominate and it's going to be a big party all the time and I think sometimes when when it's not that way as NBA games typically aren't always that way they get a little stunned and need a little need a little kickstart. You know, I, this tonight reminds me in some ways of the night when they we beat Dallas and obviously the team. They've still got a lot of work to do. But the fact that the Warriors are in this position right now where they have, if they need it, two chances to win another championship, J.D., it's it's remarkable. They can't afford to reflect now, but we can. And I know some fans have already mentioned it, given where they were just a couple years ago, given the, the journey that Clay's been on, given the journey that Draymond's been on in just this series, given where Wiggins was when the Warriors acquired him and where he is now, it's remarkable that... That they're in position to win this championship. Will they? I think they will. They may not. It's not a done deal yet. And while they have to focus on that, I think this is a good time for Warrior fans to just, you know, you got a couple days here to just enjoy the way this series has been and just enjoy the fact that the Warriors, once again, with all the changes they've been through, and as bumpy as this road has been, just one win away from another championship. It is truly remarkable. Joe in Pacifica is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Joe. Joe. Hey, you guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I originally picked the Warriors to win this series in six, and I'm going to stick to it. Um, you could tell from the Celtics like um, that they were pretty much emotionally fragile at this point uh, in terms of their actions tonight, as well as even their coach mentioning some comments yesterday about, you know, if certain hypotheticals happened, that the, that the Celtics would be up 3-1. And I think also, strategically, you know, the, the way the Warriors are playing Tatum, and Brown in terms of how they're making him dribble left. I also mentioned to you guys about a week ago after I saw game two in person that I thought that Robert Williams' injury uh, during that game would have an impact on the series. And sure enough, um, the fact that he had to leave game four early and seeing Wiggins explode, especially in the fourth quarter with some of those key putbacks, and then seeing him, you know, granted he played 30 minutes tonight, but he had zero blocks. And the longer the series goes, I feel as if the less of an impact he'll have. And if that happens, that could correlate to the Warriors taking more advantage. I mean, they, they outscored the Celtics in the two-point range tonight. What more if he doesn't, if he's not able to play to his potential uh, for game six? So I, I look, again, you know, call me a homer, but I really feel as if the Warriors can really take advantage of him. I mean, they, they took advantage of when him and 
Corporate or not in the fourth quarter, and I look forward to seeing the Warriors doing more so in Game Six. I, I say Warriors in six all the way. Well, I think you could make a case he he might be the biggest swing player in the series as far as the Celtics go when he's on the floor and impactful. The Warriors just have a, a tough time getting all the way to the rim and getting on the interior when when he's not or when he's maybe a little bit hampered in terms of his mobility, the Warriors have been able to, to kind of dominate the paint, Whitey. And so I think, you know, tonight with them dominating the paint, you're right. He was out there a lot, He, but he was seemingly more impactful on the offensive end tonight than he was on the defensive end. That's a great point by Joe and Pacific as zero blocks for Robert Williams III tonight. Wow, that is uh, that's I believe, and I can't find all my box scores now. JD, is that the first game? Maybe you don't know, but I that maybe I think that's the first game in these funnels where he hasn't a block shot. We'll double check on that. Um, but yeah, I you know before the playoffs started, I didn't think Boston would get to the funnels because of his injury. It's again, it's incredible that he's been playing as well as he has so quickly after this injury. But that's another reason why perhaps, you know, Boston, last couple games, they've tended to wear down a little bit and look like they're getting tired in the fourth quarter because he's physically, it's hard for him to contribute in the fourth quarter. All right, let's sneak in one more call, One Wheel Phil in Oakland. What's up, One Wheel Phil? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Whitey here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, guys, I really just want to say I just absolutely love both of your takes, man. I appreciate you guys. Um, you keep me well-versed in thought. Um, I am coming from Thrive City right now, um, and I do feel like I'm a good judge of the crowd because I've been to most games except one in the playoffs. Um, and tonight I really do give the crowd an, an A. I do tonight. Um, but I do agree with what you were saying as far as um, the crowd when we're not ahead. We have to remember our name is Sam, Fanatic. We have to kind of give our players the boost, you know what I mean, if they don't have it that night. Um, so um, one more thought. I know that we're probably going to get it done in six games, but, I mean, if you could just imagine Sunday, Father's Day right there <laughs> at Chase in Thrive City. Oh, my God. I just I, I need that, man. I need that. Thank you guys again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good stuff from One Wheel Phil uh, in Oakland. Yeah, game, I mean, look, Game 6 is going to be incredible, uh, and I think the, the people that are going to be out for the watch party are going to be enjoying it and, and being ready to, to party deep into the night if the Warriors can bring it home uh, with the Game 6 victory. If this thing goes to 7, I mean, what a way to close out the season and, and, and close out the first playoff in in chase center history with a game seven of the nba finals are you kidding me i mean that would be pretty incredible i know at this point two chances to win one you want to see the warriors get it done on on thursday night in beantown but yeah that would be that would be pretty amazing if it winds up going that far I could do without it, I'll be honest. I know it'd be spectacular, and if the Warriors win, that's great for a number of reasons. I, I could do without a seventh game, but I, I really want to appreciate One Wheel Phil for the comments, and we've had, you know, a lot of people have been saying a lot of nice things during this, this run, and it's just been some of the J.D., I want to thank you, and I know we're not done yet, and I'm looking forward to what's to come. Done. Yeah, we're not done, but it's just been a, some of the most fun I've ever had in all my time on radio, so thank you to you and all the great callers, and I can't wait for uh, for the rest of this. I think it's going to be uh, really exciting from here. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. More phone calls. We'll also hear a little bit of some of the post game press conferences as well as we're keeping this thing rolling till midnight. But we got lines open. 
Text line open as well. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors wrap-up. Dubs beat the Seas. 104-94, series advantage. Heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 14 point warrior lead minute 25 left wiggins to curry thought about the three and step miss it off iron peyton tipped it in GP2, timeout Boston. Game six is going to feature a 3-2 Warrior lead. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, Bob Fitzgerald on the call there. A lot of tips, a lot of putbacks. A lot of little extra buckets when the Warriors have needed them. Big theme of this series and a big theme in the Warriors win tonight. 29-20, fourth quarter. 104-94, the final. As the Warriors have that 3-2 lead, they'll take to Boston for game number six on Thursday night. A tremendous win tonight. Uh, Warriors winning it with, with defense primarily and winning it again by asserting their well, their fourth quarter dominance the last two games. Boston has got to wonder what's going on in the fourth quarter, the way the Warriors are handling them. So now they go back to Boston with uh, not only with a lead, but I think they go back to Boston trying to beat a team that has to feel as beaten as they have at any point in this series. As I said earlier, we know that when the Celtics won the first game in this series, they, that was a huge, oh, we got an advantage now. Then, oh, we got the split in San Francisco. Go back home, they take game three, and then they've got a lead in the fourth quarter 
quarter in game four, a uh, chance to go up 3-1. And since then, they've really struggled in this series. The Celtics had their moments in the third quarter tonight. But still, despite that great third quarter they had, Jordan Poole banks in a 37-footer. The Warriors still had the lead going into the fourth. And as I said, for the second game in a row, the Warriors dominating and wearing down the Celtics in the fourth quarter. All right, let's get back to some phone calls. Jamal in San Francisco is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Jamal? How you guys doing tonight? Good. 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 So one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is, uh, first and foremost, I don't think Wiggins, without Wiggins tonight, I don't think the Warriors would have won the game. He had an unbelievable game. One of the things I would ask you guys is, if we had to get one rid of one of the four important players of the Warriors, Wiggins, Draymond, Steph, or Clay, based on contracts, who would it be? Well, the, beaut- the beautiful part of that is they don't have to get rid of any right. of them. Right. At least they, they, they can run it back for one more year because they're all under contract for one more year. So, uh, I, I mean, I think the Warriors, if they win it, I think they are going to run it back. I, I think they, you know, maybe maybe Peyton winds up elsewhere. Maybe Otto Porter winds up elsewhere uh, if those guys get some, some free agent deals. But – it's a decision they frankly don't have to make. I mean, that's the beauty of winning this title. You you get a, a shot at maybe maybe trying to get another one next year. Yeah, it's kind of a trick question whether um, the caller intends it to be – Jamal means it to be or not because you're right, J.D. They just don't need to. It's interesting because, you know, if you'd asked that question a few months ago – You'd say Wiggins may be right, or you know, a few games ago you might say, "Boy, I don't know about Draymond." But right now, I think the only issue, anything close to that, that the Warriors are looking at is, you know, whether or not you want to extend Pool, and you know, there there'll be time to sort that out after this this series is over. He had a really good game tonight too, so yeah, you're exactly right. Warriors don't have to make that decision. I know we've talked a lot about some of the tough choices they got to make. That is not going to be one of them this off season. No, and you win the title, you run it back. Everybody's got championship experience. Everybody's got champions' blood, and then and then you see if maybe you can fit Moses Moody and and Jonathan Kaminga into some more rotation minutes. Again, I don't think everybody will be back once you start to get a little bit deeper down the line. But I I do think Jordan Poole will be back. Andrew Wiggins certainly, mm-hmm. I, I believe, would be back. Uh, again, the the two maybe that that would be question marks, and really three. I mean, Andre Iguodala, I could see him retiring, obviously. And then, and then Peyton and, and Porter would be the other two, just veterans that, that maybe could get a little bit more money elsewhere uh, and, and might be too difficult for the Warriors to keep, even on lower-level contracts, but lower-level contracts that, that exponentially, Whitey, are affected by the luxury tax if they choose to keep those players. Speaking of Porter, let me ask you a question. If I were calling in the show, here's a question I'd have for you. Why is it that Steve Kerr started Otto Porter again tonight and then he started him in the second half? What is it that he's hoping to find? He hasn't found it yet because he hasn't stayed with it. But what is that about? Why is Steve Kerr starting Otto Porter the last two games? I think it's more about breaking up Looney and, and Draymond, but I also think it's more about trying to get Looney some opportunities maybe when there's only one big on the floor for the Celtics, if they make their sub and go to Derek White and, and he comes into the game and they bring uh, – I, I, I think it's more about Looney's minutes than anything because Looney comes in and he's playing with Draymond when he comes in. But I think it's more about 
the combinations that are on the floor for the Celtics at the beginning of the game. And I think he wants the defense to be a little bit more honest to begin each half. Uh, and and Otto Porter as a threat uh, mm-hmm. out there to, to shoot the three ball, I think, is a big part of it. I also think, just looking at the last two games and the fact that it's basically been 14 minutes for, for Otto, I, think, I wonder if that maybe is all he's got to give right now with some of the issues with the foot. And so you might as well just get him out there and, and get him a couple of runs right at the beginning of, of each half. And, and, and if, if that's all he can give you, you shift that into that role right at the beginning of each half. That makes a ton of sense. I hadn't thought of that. That makes a lot of sense. I, I figure he, they're looking to get, you know, jumpstart things offensively with him. And if he's not making shots, you get him off the floor. Van Gundy said tonight he thinks that's about, or maybe it was before the last game, he said he thinks it's about trying to get Draymond going, which I don't quite understand. Uh, but I think that's brilliant, J.D. That would make a lot of sense. And yeah, if Porter is limited, get what you can from him at the start of the game. That, that could very well be it. Ryan in Walnut Creek, back to the phones, 888-957-9570. Hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. Hope you are enjoying this win as much as I am. Um, I just love this team so much. After these past two years of just injuries and misfortune and everything to go wrong that could possibly go wrong, and for us to be one game away from winning the finals, I mean, it's just incredible. Even if something terribly goes wrong and we lose both, just incredible that we managed to get this far. Um, and I think I have a great feeling about the rest of the series. I think we got Boston on the ropes. I mean, in that fourth quarter, you could see they were gassed. Tatum was – everything was falling short for him. He missed a couple free throws there, uh, unlike him. So I, I have a great feeling about it. Dubs uh, and six. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Tatum at the free throw line, uh, two of six tonight. And we talked about the 21 to 31, but Tatum – just missing a lot of free throws, and the, and the Celtics altogether, Whitey, missing a lot of free throws. Yeah, fourth quarter, the Celtics had as many baskets for as turnovers, and their coach said we're not having you know, consistent effort, sustained effort. So that's one of the things you hear from Boston is they need their stars to show up. And Tatum had been saying, oh, that game is coming, that signature game, but it's a great point. Uh, the caller made because, yeah, he had 27 points tonight, but fourth quarter he was, oh, my goodness, jump shot. It did, you know, short again, short again. He just had nothing left to give. Mo Money in San Francisco. Mo Money next here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Mo Money? How you guys doing today? How you guys like that win, huh? All those haters. Big win, big no win. Confidence in the, in the, uh, no confidence in the, in the Warriors. Now they're sleeping a lot better, but uh, after we lost uh, two out of three, they were they were already they were already down, and they were already counting the Warriors out, and all those haters that hate Draymond. How do you guys like that tonight? Huh? Eight, eight, and seven. Even though he fouled out, it's okay. We'll take the. But uh, I told you we're gonna have a party on Market Street, so I just want to know who's gonna join Mo Money. I'm out. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to join Mo Money if the Warriors get one more win, like like maybe about a million. That yeah, are going to be that are going to be. I think you're going to have about a million friends with you, Mo Money, if the Warriors can polish this thing off uh, in either of the next two games. Draymond's an interesting case tonight. I mean, 
you know, the, the bars lowered with the way he's played in this series, but he definitely was impactful. And it was actually it was eight, eight, and, and six assists tonight, and he did foul out. So I don't know, J.D. I know after the last game I'd said I, maybe he's hurt. He he looked like he was feeling fine tonight. He definitely was taking advantage of uh, – uh, of the opportunities that Boston w- was presenting and just played with a lot more confidence and force tonight. And that obviously is what, what Draymond's all about. Yeah, big bounce back game for Draymond. And I think you know Clay Thompson played better in the fourth quarter of game four. Draymond better in the fourth quarter of game four. And I think both of those two players were able to extend what they did at the end of the game in game four to the beginning and and throughout the game tonight. I fully, I don't know about you, I fully expected Draymond to be closer to himself in this game tonight. At least just being back at home, an opportunity to clear his head, not have to worry about the crowd or what everybody was talking about and some of that noise, just to kind of focus back up basketball, recalibrate, and just be the Draymond that we saw in, in Game 2 and the Draymond that so many Warrior fans have grown to know and love. Yeah, well, you're you're right. I wasn't sure what to expect because I wasn't sure what the cause was, and maybe we'll never find out, and, and maybe it was, as you said last game, this is just a tough matchup for him, and he's figuring some things out. But it was great that the Warriors were able to win tonight with, uh, you know, it's kind of cliche, but the strength in numbers where Steph was not able to carry the load that he carried in last game, and they still found a way with some major contributions from everybody, from Wiggins to, as you said, Clay and even GP. P2 and, and pool bouncing back after a really poor first half. 888-957-9570. One word of caution from the 707 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Celtics haven't lost three in a row since late December. Uh, but this person adds they might be due. They yeah. might be due. That was <laughs> before uh, everything flipped for the Celtics. Remember, they were... 25 and 25 and then finished the regular season 26 and 6 and hadn't lost back-to-back games at any point uh, in the playoffs until tonight and at any point since the end of March until tonight. Joe in San Francisco is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Warriors beat the Celtics 104-94. Joe is here with J.D. and Whitey. What's up, Joe? Hello? Hey, what's up, Joe? You're on the air. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just want to make two points. Who would you guys give the MVP to, Wiggins or Steph Curry? And one more thing is, um, did you notice Draymond, Draymond Green didn't flex his muscles? He was just really, like, humble in this game. And I think somebody must have sit and talked to him and, and told him to cool down on that and because he, he has to go back to Boston and play. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for the call. Uh, I think Curry is still the MVP. Yeah, uh, come on, and, come on, and yeah. and I think Wiggins. You know, Wiggins is number two as far as the Warrior side of things goes. But no, I I think Curry is still. I mean, he played the first four. He's got four games in the bank. I think Wiggins has got a couple of games in the bank. I think the the what he did in the fourth quarter of Game Four is next level as far as that goes. But yeah, it's it's still Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. There's there's no question. No question. It, it's Steph Curry. Uh, to Joe's other point about Draymond, that's interesting. Draymond wasn't flexing tonight. He did seem less amped and more focused. So maybe it does have something to do with his approach. I know going back to Game Four against Denver. 
Remember the Warriors had a chance to, to sweep and they didn't. I remember Steve Kerr after the game talking about how, you know, you got a chance to, to wrap up a series and we were a little too amped. And it surprised me that a team with as much, you know, championship experience as this team would experience that. But maybe that was, you know, maybe Draymond was just a little too amped about after going through these last couple of years being back in the finals. Whatever it is, I, who's, who knows what we'll see in game six, but definitely tonight he seemed much more grounded and focused on what he was doing. Law-abiding citizen is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, law-abiding? Hey, how's it going? J.D., I just want to say the pregame suit was impeccable tonight. He looked really good. But um, all season long, people have been doubting the Warriors. People were saying that we weren't going to make the playoffs. When we started doing well in the beginning, people were saying we had a hollow record. Now we're in the finals, and we got Brian Windhorst talking about that the, the Warriors the only reason why we're here is because of the crazy payroll and that we all the people that we brought in. As far as I'm concerned, other than Andrew Wiggins in the starting five or Otto Porter recently, are all products of the Warriors. And we showed strength in numbers tonight, at like more so this game than any game that we played all playoffs. I got the Warriors in six, J.D. I love you guys. You guys are doing great. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Yeah, uh, Brian Windhorst, within the last hour, I guess, doing his stand-up for, for ESPN postgame, he, he said, quote, they have a $340 million payroll. You don't just have to beat the Warriors on the court. You've got to beat their checkbook. And then he went on to say this was a checkbook win for the Warriors. How about that? Come on. Um, well, I mean, there's some truth to that. It's not necessarily negative, is it? I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, the reason that they are able to pay these players is because they've done it right and they're able to generate, um, you know, that kind of income. So I, I, I don't know. I, I understand. Maybe he means it pointedly to me. There's kind of a matter-of-fact nature to that that's like, well, too bad. Everyone's playing under the same rules, and if they're beating in that aspect of it, that's on you. Um, but, and that's the way the rules are set up. I don't really think that's, it's like, yeah, what, what's your problem? Other teams can't do it. That's because they're light years. Where's light years ahead of them? Well, and I think they're also built for, and I know Tim Kawakami, the athletic and, and others have written about it, but I think, I think mostly Tim has written about just the amount of money that, that the Warriors are able to, to make with, with, playoff wins or playoff yeah. games rather right. and extended playoff rounds and, and basically they're built to if they can get deep into the playoffs year in year out they can afford it and it's worth it and they'll keep doing it right right yeah so I, I I'm not sure if he means that uh, you know as I say pointedly or not but it's kind of a matter of factly like yeah they can do that because they're doing so many things as an organization on and off the court very well better than other teams so it's almost self-evident let's get to Harrison in San Jose Harrison is next here on Warriors wrap up what's up Harrison going on guys i just wanted to come on here and get your guys' take on like this new flop culture in the nba and how like some of these young guys have been inheriting it like i know gp's not a young guy but jordan pulls out there flopping and uh we gave marcus smart his bone medicine today so i just wanted to get your guys' take on how you guys feel about it and uh whether or not it's like the new wave of the nba and this new thing that they're going to be doing thanks for the call uh what do you think of that whitey i don't like too it. much I flopping 
There is, but I, you can't really blame the players. I mean, you know, they do it because it works, and they sell calls because it works. The NBA in the past, you know, they really tried to crack down on flopping. Maybe they need to revisit that. Um, I think maybe it's difficult, in you know, given the uh, the climate with the you know the CBA and negotiations and everything. But as a fan, it's a bad look for the league. I think, and it makes everybody look bad. Makes the players, to a degree, look bad. Makes the officials look like they don't know what they're doing. I think it is something that it would behoove the league to uh, to clean up. I I do. I, it's it's a uh, you know how many times you go? Oh my goodness. Um, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate. I understand why the players do it. Uh, I wish the league could figure out a way to uh, minimize that. 888-957-9570. Let's get Andrea and Berkeley in here uh, before the top of the hour. What's up, Andrea? Hi, how are you? Doing well. That was Doing a, well, Andrea. Yeah, that was a great Warriors win. Um, I had this whole Battle of the Pisces theme going with Steph Curry and Jason Tatum, and now we're adding Andrew Wiggins. That was an awesome game. Um, he's born, um, yeah, he's a youngin, uh, February 23rd, 1995, and Mars is a crucial planet for an athlete. He has Mars in Leo, and Mars is currently in Aries. And that was making a harmonious aspect to his Mars, giving him extra assertion, aggression, and energy. And we're having a full moon in Sagittarius, which is another fire sign, uh, at 4.30 in the morning. So we have this really powerful full moon uh, in a fire sign, Sagittarius, making harmonious aspects to Andrew Wiggins' Mars in Leo. So he was fired up, I'll tell you. Timing is everything. And one of the um, articles said Andrew Wiggins showed his competitive fire in a major Warriors win. So on some level, they got it. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Thank, thanks, you, Andrea. Good, good stuff there, as always. Love to, love to get Andrea's uh, perspective. I think we're done we there, right, J.D.? You can't add anything yeah. to that. I mean, that's it. What happened? I, I, that She just I, explained it all. No, she explained it all. No, no question about it, and it all adds up to the Warriors with the with the one hundred four ninety four win and being one game away from winning an NBA championship. Wow. And yeah, Andrew wow. Wiggins just uh, unbelievable what Andrew Wiggins was able to do. Draymond better tonight. Huge game from Gary Payton the second off the bench. His fifteen points. His defense. The Warriors have been able to clamp down. That's the big theme for me. In the last two games, overarching. You had Steph go off in one, Whitey. You had Wiggins do his thing tonight and others. And the Warriors have had, I think, a little bit more help in their wins going along with Steph Curry than maybe they've gotten uh, full credit for having. But I think when you add it all up over these last couple of games, the biggest difference maker for me is just the Warriors defensively have really made life a lot more difficult on the Celtics than it was in maybe the first three games of this series. Fourth quarter, uh, let's see, Friday, fourth quarter, uh, you had the Warriors were 10 for 20, and the Celtics were 7 for 21 from the floor. And then tonight, fourth quarter, the Warriors were 12 for 24, and the Celtics were 4 for 15. So <laughs> there you go. In the fourth quarter's win in time, the Warriors definitely ratcheting up the defense, getting out in transition, and then while the Celtics are trying to figure out, what are we doing? What are we, we can't score now. What are we doing? And things have really snowballed on them two games in a row here in the fourth quarter. 
A couple of text messages reacting to the the Brian Windhorst uh, note from from his stand up uh, and and the two hundred three. Couple of these, you know, six five zero says you you're kidding me, right? Everybody laughed when we got Wiggins haters, mm-hmm. and now the two hundred three uh, says the reason they have the highest payroll is bird rights. Plain and simple, you can't have this payroll with, without drafting superstars who stay. Of course, yeah, and, and right. yes, where, where the payroll goes up is the repeater tax money, right? It's not the actual, the actual salary cap space. It's it's the money on top of, you know, you have your salaries and then you have the money that you pay in tax. So the Warriors are paying a lot more than any other team based on the fact that they're willing to pay that tax. But, I mean, good on Joe Lacob if he wants to pay it. I mean, every exactly owner- right. Has their own has their own read on what makes it worth it, and I think being able to contend for championships for Joe Lacob makes it more than worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't. I wonder if Windhorse, if he's trying to curry the favor of you know someone else around the league, or he there's other owners that he feels like oh they'll like if I if I say this. It sounds like loser talk to me, doesn't it, JD? I mean, it's a well, it's Big not time. fair. Yeah, that's just loser talk, is all that is. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's a great point. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Uh two hours down. We got one hour to go here. We'll hear some post game sound, but we still have some phone lines open. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Warriors win. Game five, NBA Finals, one oh four ninety four. You heard it right here on ninety five seven the game. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Modella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Tatum with the left elbow, spins to the baseline over Wiggins and great defense Force the miss, the Draymond Express into the front court to Peyton to lay it in and the Warriors take the lead Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game Gary Payton, the second, one of the many heroes for the Warriors on this night as they take Game 5 NBA Finals, 104-94 the final. John Dickinson back inside Chase Center, Whitey Gleason along as well. 888-957-9570, the Warriors one win away from a fourth NBA championship in the last eight years. Uh, Game 6 to be played in Boston on Thursday night. Wiggins, Payton, Clay, Poole. Looney, so many different heroes. Steph, of course, for the Warriors throughout this series, but Peyton was huge in this one tonight. 
Six of eight from the floor, had 15 points, five rebounds. Of course, with him, it's all about what he does at the other end. And we were talking about that. I think it was – when did he first play? Was it after game two? We were talking, J.D., about – maybe it was before game two – about how uh, GP2's insertion back in the lineup uh, would give the Celtics more issues, more things to worry about than they than they thought they were going to have. He was just so incredibly impactful tonight. And, again, I think for Steve Kerr, the beauty of tonight is that when you know he's had to make so many choices where it's do I go offense or defense here, then tonight you go defense with uh, – GP2, and he still gives you 15 points. And Draymond, uh, you know, he still had eight points. He was three of six. So even though Steph had that rough night, the Warriors getting, you know, so many contributions from so many other players, and that's kind of appropriate, isn't it, with the way this team's done it over the years, that that's what pushes them to within one victory of another championship. All right, post-game sound coming uh, between now and midnight, but uh, phone lines are still open at 888-957-9570. Idris in Hayward is next here as we get going in hour number three. What's up, Idris? Hey, what's up, fellas? You're doing a great job. Um, You know, just uh, uh, I was at work, but I was watching the game on my break, and, you know, when I seen Steph not dropping his threes and, then Boston came back in the third. I was like, oh, my goodness. But you know what? <laughs> this was actually really good for the team, you know, because, you know, it's like if you shut down Steph, you'd say the words can't do nothing. But Wiggins showed up big. Draymond responded. GP, you know, Poole made another crazy shot at the end of the quarter. And now the whole team has something good to grasp on to individually to go to Boston because as much as I would love to win at home, I want them to go smack the mess out of that cocky Boston mm-hmm. uh, team in Boston. That would that would just be so – that would be great. But Curry has to – you know, every time we meet him, he's shown up. So the elimination game, which is, should be the next game, I want Curry to go off 40. I want it. Like, Curry, play like this the last game of, of your career. Just go off. Don't let it come back. And that'll be it. That's all she wrote. So great, great stuff. Loving it all. I just want to see Curry. This is the closeout game. This is the next level. Silence the critics so that when they talk, they sound stupid. Go ahead, guys. God bless y'all. <laughs> Appreciate Idris. Idris speaking, I think, for a lot of Warriors fans that want to see Curry you know, put, put the capper on what has been a, a truly remarkable season for the Warriors overall with a big game, exclamation point, win it on the parquet floor in the TD Garden and, and take home that, that finals MVP to boot. Yeah, I do think that's uh, that's definitely a rallying point for them to focus on. Like, you know what they did to us and to Draymond? And, uh, you know, I know they beat him in Boston the last game, but let's really stick it to him and knock their team out and win the series. There's also this, and I know we're going to hear from some players and coaches here, so I, I don't want to, you know, spoil anything, but Draymond says he thinks that Steph's going to be really angry with the way he played tonight, and he says that's exactly what we need from him in the next game. So Draymond thinks that Steph, on top of everything else, the frustration over what the Boston fans have been doing, he thinks that Steph's going to be so frustrated with the way he shot the ball tonight that he's going to take that out on the Celtics in Boston in Game 6. And I think there are many ways, and and you've pointed out a couple, where the the Celtics may be demoralized coming out of this game tonight, looking toward Game 6 on Thursday back in Boston I mean, wouldn't the biggest one be the fact that Steph Curry went 0 for 9 and 7 to 22 overall, 0 of 9 from 3, and you still lose the game by double digits at your Boston? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Because it's like, well, wait, now I thought that's what we were supposed to do, and that's how we were going to win. Yeah, uh, he scores forty three, and they beat us, and he scores, and he misses so many shots, and he scores sixteen, and they still beat us. So yeah, they've got to be wondering here, what's next? Are we're we're running out of ideas? We're running out of ways to beat this team when we were sky high after winning the first game, and we made all those threes, and things just have not been going our way since. Let's get Gary in Oakland in here next. Hey, Gary, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Whitey. What's going on, Gary? Uh, yeah, I'm here. I, <clears throat> I'm wondering, did you notice uh, at the top of the fourth, I think, uh, Warriors got a fast break, I think Curry and someone else. It was two-on-one. Normally it should be mm. an easy layup, but uh, Curry hangs out behind the three and throws up a brick. Uh, I just wonder if you think, Maybe sometimes they aren't just a little too fixated on that and not just making the smart, easy play. Yeah, thanks for the call, Gary. I think at times, and I, I don't think that was at the top of the fourth quarter. Maybe it, if it was, it wasn't involving Curry because Curry wasn't out there at the top of the fourth quarter. But but the general point, Whitey, the three-point shot is now such a huge part of the game that, that players and coaches, I mean, it, they're taught to look for a three in transition if the shot is there, even when there's an advantage. I remember that play specifically, and Gary's right, and I think the the commentators may also have said, you know, you had a layup there. Um, You know, Steph, perhaps in his mind, I haven't made a three yet, and I'm not going to get a better shot than this. He was wide open. Um, To me, uh, anytime Steph Curry has a wide open three, you know, I that's not a bad shot in general. Yeah, you probably take it to the basket there, but I don't know about you, JD. But to me, anytime Steph is going to stew a layup and he's got because he's got a wide open, uncontested, no one near him three, I'm okay with him taking that three. Yeah, I, I think so. But I but I also think I mean, look if you're if you're a longtime basketball observer, or absolutely you play the game at at a low level. I mean, you're always you, you want to make you know absolutely. Jim Barnett right. You, you yeah. want to make a three-on-one, a two-on-one, and you want to get that layup. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. You see that more and more, and you see players passing up uh, layups for threes. That's just the nature of the NBA. But if it's ever one that you can't really question, I think it's one where it's Steph Curry shooting it. Kathleen in Concord, 888-957-9570. Hey, Kathleen. Hi, JB. Hi, Whitey. Uh, like... I think I heard Whitey earlier talking about how Robert Williams wasn't quite a factor uh, today defensively. And, I mean, I saw a couple of examples, like when, you know, again, when Steph came off the screen, but Marcus Smart blocked it from the back. I think that was him. Uh, You know, and I just, when I'm looking at the... uh, Highlights. It didn't seem like he had as much bounce. I don't know if that's kind of what you're talking about, but I felt like he was still a presence. I thought he was pretty good. Just curious about your thoughts. 
Well, I'll just yeah, say no, this. Yeah, thanks for the call, Kathleen. Good. Why? Yeah. Overall, I mean, his numbers were pretty good, but he, this was the first uh, game in this series in which uh, Robert Williams III has not blocked a shot. He's had either two or four blocks in every game this series, and he's. Re- I think he's really hurt, and I don't think we have any idea how badly he's hurt. And it's incredible what he's doing. But I think the Warriors took advantage of his lack of mobility uh, tonight. I don't think they had to worry about him when they got to the basket as much. So that's what I mean. He's, he's a good player, and he had a decent game, but he was just not as active tonight. Well, and, and even even without the blocks, you still could tell when, when he's in the game versus when he's not in the game. I mean, the Warriors much more confident going to the bucket and making layups. I mean, when he comes back into the game, they start missing layups like almost immediately. And it and, and that's even without him maybe uh, blocking the shot, but it's for every block, right? There's at least another shot that, that maybe gets altered, even if just based on the fact that he's kind of lurking around. But I, I, I'm with you in terms of just him not being – he's been dominant at times in this series. Defensively. Tonight – yeah, defensively tonight it was. He, I mean, dominant, just coming from everywhere, blocking shots and it, it just getting in the way, defending even on the perimeter. Some whitey. I mean, that that was not there tonight. That that same player that we'd seen at other times was not there tonight. Right, ten points, eight rebounds, and nothing wrong with that on five shots. But defensively, where they really need him the most, I just don't think physically he was capable of giving him quite what he normally gives him tonight. All right, let's go ahead and hear, uh, do we have a couple of calls? Actually, let's get Eddie and Livermore in here. Eddie is next on Warriors Wrap-Up, and then we'll hear from Steve Kerr uh, following this ball game from earlier down in the in the press conference room. Hey, Eddie. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great show as always. Um, you know, so I'm happy. I'm happy the Warriors got it, uh, got it done today. I truly think they'll, they'll close out the series in on Thursday. But uh, I want to just give a quick shout-out to, to my man Guru. I think he's the main reason the Warriors <laughs> have won this game. He put all that positive energy, and I think before every game from here on out, we got to play that play that uh, sound clip, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, Eddie. I mean, it yeah. was a, it was an unbelievable speech. It really yeah. was. And I mm-hmm. and, and Eddie's not the first one to say, "Hey, Warriors two and zero since the big Guru speech," right? I, I mean, I, I think that's a fact. You know, I don't think that's a theory or, hey, maybe there's some connection. I don't think there's any question that Guru's speech is at a great deal with helping the Warriors get to where they are. I, I, I think at this point, they're still, he doesn't have to do anything else. I think that the momentum from that one is still, you know, going to carry him perhaps over the finish line here. But, uh, yeah, it, it was it was great. And you were there. I mean, you were on the show with him that yeah. day. Yep. It's just so freaking heartfelt. And his voice was cracking. It's really unlike anything that I've uh, I've ever heard. It was great. Come. Yeah. I, I think he, he was so wound up that not only did it make his voice start cracking, but it actually, I think, made my voice start cracking for the last couple of days a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's how that's how much, just, just from being, even though I was in Boston, I think it actually had that profound effect on on, on the two of us here uh, over the last three days or so. Uh, 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, following this one uh, as he addressed the media on a big night for the Dubs, now one victory away from being NBA champions. Here's the head coach. Did you guys just tell Andrew Wiggins it's time to start rebounding and, and uh, playing super hard? How can you explain what we, we've seen from him in, in this series? Well, I, th- I think throughout the playoffs, really, um, you know, he's rebounded well. And um, I think it's just a, a sense of, 
you know, what's needed of being on this team where he's got veteran guys who are, you know, helping him to understand what we need from him. And uh, he's just using his athleticism in a lot of different ways. And uh, he's just he's just been fantastic, not just in this series, but throughout the playoffs. Um, what does it say about the team that Steph can have an off-shooting night like he did and they still come together and put together this win? And how is Steph able to still affect the game even when he is having an off-shooting night? Well, I mean, uh, the key to the game was our defense. So, um, and Steph was a big part of that. You know, they were trying to attack him over and over again. Um, and he held up really well. I thought Gary Payton and Wiggs and Draymond really keyed our, our defensive effort to hold that team to 94 points. You know, that's, that's what it takes, um, you know, to win a finals game. It's got to be about the defense. And, um, I think Steph was probably due for a game like this. You know, he's been shooting the ball so well that, uh, you know, at some point he was going to have a tough night. Um, but we've got we've got a lot of talent, a lot of depth that can make up for that. And the guys did a good job of that tonight. I'm not sure you realize this yet, but you guys are one win away from another championship. <laughs> How does this make you feel, considering all you guys have been through in the past three years? It's so exciting to be you know, part of the finals again. And, um, you know, I think uh, this, this whole season has, um, has kind of led to this, you know, a lot of individual stories, guys getting better, guys getting healthy. You know, here we are, we have, we have a chance. We got two, two cracks at uh, getting one win, but we also know how difficult it's going to be. So uh, nobody's celebrating, but we're, we're excited to be in this spot and we, uh, we want to take advantage of it. Just going back to Steph's uh, shooting for a second, did you notice Boston doing anything dif- different defensively? Were they coming up higher on those screens, or, or do you think it was just a matter of him missing shots? Well, it was both. Boston did a really good job defensively, as we would expect. They're a great defensive team. I thought they put more pressure on him early, pick and roll. And then um, Steph missed some open ones, too. And uh, so it's always a combination. But, um, you know, this is even for the best shooter in the world. You know, games like this happen, and, and uh, fortunately they don't happen too often. And um, I like Steph coming off of a game like this, too. I like his ability to to bounce back, you know, so to be able to win the game with our defense, with our depth is a great, uh, great team effort. You mentioned Gary in passing. If you think about where he was just a little over a month ago on the court in Memphis, broken elbow, to not just come back this quickly, but to make the impact he did tonight, sort of your reaction to that and, and what it says about him to be able to do that. Yeah, you know, when he was uh, lying there in Memphis, I thought I thought maybe his season was over, and um, we knew how important he was to us in so many ways. So uh, the, the the inspiration uh, for Gary was to be able to make it back if we were able to advance, and I watched him work every single day, running sprints, doing defensive slides, you know, with his elbow in a sling. As a workhorse, he's uh, he's incredible. So amazing athlete. Great defensive player. He's got really good instincts out there and, and obviously super competitive. And for him to make it back, obviously crucial for our team, but I'm, I'm really thrilled for him you know, with his journey in this league. He's come a long way, and um, now he's getting a chance to, to shine in the finals. So it's awesome. What particularly did you think you did well defensively tonight, especially on Jalen Brown? I just thought our our force, our, our pressure, our help was there all the time. We just didn't allow a lot of openings. Uh, you know, our rotations were, were good, and we then we flew out to shooters and just tried to make it as tough as possible. So it was a great effort, but, you know, we gotta got to rev it back up and, and do it again uh, in Game 6. From the outside, it looks as though Andrew's confidence and, for want of a better word, joy has increased like 
almost game by game. And I'm just wondering, what are you seeing from him in terms of his comfort level, his confidence, and all of that? He's definitely confident. He's definitely enjoying the playoffs. He loves the challenge. He loves uh, the competition. And uh, he's found such a crucial role on our team. And I think that empowers him. He knows how much we need him. And um, so he's been, been fantastic. After tonight's performance, there's legitimate chatter that Wiggins should be in contention for the MVP finals board. When you guys first acquired him, did you think he'd become this key of a cog for you guys? We knew we needed his athleticism and his defense and his versatility. And uh, we had no idea, you know, that that uh, he would make this kind of contribution. But I think it's a it's a reminder that for every almost every player in the NBA, circumstances are everything. You know, you just uh, kind of need to find the right place, the right teammates, that kind of stuff. And um, Wiggs has been a, a great fit. When you get to this stage of the season, game five of the finals, how much does poise just play a part in the entire equation? It looked like Boston was kind of unraveling a bit and these games kind of become a slog. Do you prepare your team for that? I thought that was the most important part of the game tonight was that, um, you know, we had 12-point lead in ha- at half and they came and and just uh, stormed right through us in that third quarter for the first whatever it was, eight, nine minutes. And uh, that was a crucial part of the game for us to respond to that. Uh, Jordan hit the huge shot, a couple big ones, late third, and then had a really good stretch to start the fourth as well. But the response to you know, Boston's run, to me, was uh, was the key to the game. Steve, the other day, Draymond said he had to take what he did in the fourth quarter of game four and then apply it to all of game five. Just what did you think of his presence and force and performance tonight? That's, that's um, this is a guy I've been watching for eight years he's all over the place defensively he's distributing the ball you know he's uh, he's bringing that in- intensity and competitiveness and, and energy uh, i thought draymond was brilliant all right so steve kerr there on draymond green and the late third quarter early fourth quarter and and jordan pool a lot going on there big shots big defensive plays and yeah, betting on Steph Curry to bounce back off of the game tonight, Whitey, in a big time way on Thursday in Boston. I, I just got to say, I understand we need things to talk about, and we still have a ways to go. Who knows what's going to happen? And it was a legitimate question, and it got Steve Kerr to talk about Wiggins, who had a marvelous game. But Wiggins is not, I mean, is he legitimately in the MVP conversation? I, I, I'm not going there yet. I don't yet. think so. No, I don't, I don't think so. And I'm not faulting, uh, the, you know, the the question but it's just like i'm you know we need that's not a thing it's that's not wiggins is playing great but oh he's he maybe he's gonna be the mvp no i i don't think so at this point unless something remarkable and unexpected happens in the next game or two it's steph curry's award to win that said wiggins has been incredible and this was the game as i said earlier that a lot of people thought andrew wiggins was not capable of having on the biggest stage yeah, as far as the MVP goes, I mean, look, at this point, it's it's you said it. It's Steph Curry's to lose. I think Steph has at least – if you get a point for each game, let's say, and you have to win each – you know, and, and, and you get all your points if, if your team wins the series. I think Jalen Brown probably would have had three points if the Celtics were, were, were to win the series. I think Steph Curry, you could make a case based on what he did in Game 4. He, he might have had four points based on what he did in Game mm-hmm. 4. He might have got two for the Game 4 performance. And again, that's if the Warriors win the series. I think Wiggins at this point, maybe two. 
Yeah, he'd maybe have two points. Yeah, so I just so it's. I mean, yeah, Wiggins. He's been a nice player. You could say he's been maybe the second most important player for the Warriors in this series. But let's not get that misconstrued from Finals MVP. And and look, I mean, we'll we'll see how things go. The next there could be two more games. I mean, now if Wiggins plays like he did tonight for two games and Curry plays like he did tonight for two games, does that maybe change the equation? I mean, maybe it does. But I feel like that's the only way. The only way that the calculus would change would be if Curry played that poorly for two games and Wiggins played that well for two games. And if Curry plays that poorly for two games, are the Warriors really going to win You know, right, two games right. or yeah. one of the two games? So I yeah. think that's part of the, the, the equation as well there. So I, I think it's Steph's to lose in a major way. I, um, I do think it's incredible as you look back to 2019, the year after you know Durant was gone, and then they had drafted Jordan Poole, who struggled early in the year and struggled with that three-point shot and struggled with, you know, they wanted him to be a catch-and-shoot guy like Clay, and then that same year they make that trade for Wiggins, and I know you remember that very well, and here we are a couple years later, and those two guys really combined have gone a long ways towards filling the void that was created when Durant left. I'm not saying the two of them combined are as good as Durant. I'm not saying either one of them is anywhere near as good as Durant. But as a team, those two guys have gotten them to into position where they can can win another championship. It's incredible. It's a real. I really do think it's a real tribute, first and foremost, to each of those players, but also to that. You know, it's cliche, but that warrior culture that, especially with Wiggins, that we think it's a right. Remember all that? We think it's the right environment for him, and we think he's going to you know benefit from playing with these guys and they were right and he has he deserves most of the credit but the whole organization deserves a lot too all right he's whitey gleason i'm john dickinson 888-957-9570 we got one final segment from chase center warriors get the job done over the celtics we will hear from draymond we will hear from clay thompson we will hear from steph curry as well as the warriors one win away from an nba championship you heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game. Drop it to Tatum with the left elbow. Spins to the baseline over Wiggins and great defense. Force the miss. The Draymond Express into the front court to Peyton to lay it in. And the Warriors take the lead. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, final segment, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. Shot of the game coming up here in just a moment. Do want to clean up a couple of text messages, and then we're going to hear from Steph and Clay and Draymond before we call it a night here in the next half hour from the 510. Uh, is J.D. going back to Boston? You bet your ass I'm going back to Boston. Whoa, whoa. 540 flight. Whoa. Five, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> 540. Got that right. 540 <laughs> flight tomorrow, uh, bright and early, uh, back back to Boston. So I'll be in Boston by uh, by the early afternoon here uh, on the West Coast. And then, yeah, practice day on Wednesday, game six on Thursday. So looking very much forward to that uh, and being back at TD Garden with the Warriors having a, a chance to close it out. And then the 707, Whitey, can you guys talk about how it's not Steph scoring, but he tired the legs of Smart, Tatum, Horford running around. It's exhausting to opponents. Nobody sees that. That's something we do talk about a lot, and I definitely think it was in play tonight. It was. Uh, I'm even more impressed by the fact that he had only the one turnover 
But speaking of wearing down the Celtics, which has happened now in both the fourth quarters, I know earlier I said that I didn't think uh, Robert Williams III was as mobile tonight, and Kathleen from Concord called. She said, I thought he played pretty well, and she's right. He, he put up some nice numbers. But you look at Robert Williams, and for the series, I think, coming into tonight, he's averaging about seven rebounds and six points, and tonight he actually had what, 10 points and eight, eight rebounds. But in the fourth quarters of the last two games, J.D., 14 and a half minutes Robert Williams has played. No field goals, no field goal attempts, one rebound, and no block shot. So in the fourth quarters of the last two games, that's contributed to Boston's poor fourth quarters. There's been many other factors, but that poor guy, you know, limping around, he's given them virtually nothing in the fourth quarters because I don't think he has anything left to give. One other thing, I know we're going to hear from Draymond in a moment. Draymond tonight from ESPN.com. Uh, when he was the contesting defender on whomever he was guarding, uh, the Celtics were 1-for-10 tonight with Draymond as the contesting defender. And finally, you know, with you going back to Boston, as you probably know, when they had in the mid-'80s it was a 2-3-2 format, that's why. is because you had the Lakers and the Celtics played all the time, and everybody got right. tired of going back and forth all the time. So they said, let's just do two one place, then three the next, then back for two. Exactly, and, yeah. and now we're back the other way, and so yeah, yeah multiple. And you love it, you love it, cross country, and I do love it. I can't wait. I, it's yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun and, and an opportunity to to see the Warriors possibly win their fourth title in, in eight years. Uh, truly remarkable, indeed. Uh, let's get Shaka and Berkeley, and then we'll do shot of the game. Hey, Shaka. Hey, man, that was a great game, man. That was a great game. I want just to add this, man. Like in closing, man. That boy Wiggins, man, is locking up an all-NBA player, first-team player. Do you see what he's doing to him? I I was thinking if Michael Jordan would have had him, he wouldn't have needed Scottie Pippen. That man is locking that man. Are you watching what he's doing? Remember the play when he came under the hoop and he and he he and he traveled because Wiggins was all over him. He was all over him like a cheap suit, man. That brother, we we got him for Kevin Durant leaving. That was that that was robbery charges should be should, should go out for that trade. Thanks, Shaka. <laughs> Thanks, Shaka. Well, look, hey, here's the thing: you, you you got him for Kevin Durant leaving because Kevin Durant allowed you to get D'Angelo Russell for him leaving. So, and, and then you're able to flip Russell into that, and then obviously Kaminga's a part of that too. But uh, I do think on a night where this is the the three-year anniversary of, of the, the Durant-era Warriors coming to an end uh, with the Warriors' loss to the Raptors, Durant did him a solid out the door. And I'm not saying he should get any credit for, for this championship should the Warriors win it. Not saying that at all. But if he plays hardball or, or is a little bit bitter and says, man, I'm not helping those guys at all with anything, I'm out, and they can figure it out, Andrew Wiggins wouldn't be a Warrior. One thing I'll never forget about Wiggins, his first game with the Warriors, and I watched it sitting right next to you, and it was a Saturday night, and it was the ABC game against the Lakers, and it was in that dreadful season. But the first possession 
of the game, the Lakers uh, have uh, LeBron and he's posting up and Wiggins was just fronting him and digging in. And it was just, it was incredible. Just like, wow, this guy is serious about, I thought he couldn't defend. And he, you know, he has a hands full with LeBron, but you could see from his first moments as a warrior that he was very serious about being committed at the defensive end. And now it's, you know, it's paying off with him now on the verge of winning a championship, and some JD are saying he's a candidate to win the MVP award in this series. Although uh, I'm not buying that. All right, uh, no, not not quite <laughs> buying that. Let's get to our shot of the game, which is presented by the County of Santa Clara. Three seconds to work with. Wiggins has it at two, at one, pool three, banked it in. He banked it in. A left wing. 28-footer from Jordan Poole gives the Warriors the one-point lead at the end of three. Yeah, and sometimes the shot of the game is just, hey, that was a cool shot or that was in, in some, or a big <laughs> moment in the – I mean, that, that was a huge moment in the game uh, for, for the Warriors after the Celtics had really put it on them. It was 35-21 in the quarter. We talked about Poole, who had made a three earlier – Clay Thompson made a couple of threes earlier. There was a danger zone where the Warriors could have been down eight or ten at that point, but they were only down two. And then Jordan Poole banks that three in. Second buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter in this series for Poole. Also hit one in game two. And the Warriors, through all of that, still had their lead going to the fourth quarter, and they would not trail again. Uh, in, in the fourth quarter as they outscored the Celtics 29-20. So that's your shot of the game, which is presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID-19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org, or you can call 211. Let, let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green uh, here first. We're going to hear a little bit of Dre, a little bit of Clay, a little bit of Steph between now and the end of the program. Uh, here's Draymond following a bounce-back performance by him after a rough couple of games in Boston. Hey, Draymond, Cameron Buford, voice of the fans. Third quarter of this game, they kind of they won that third quarter. They came out and jumped on you guys. You got flipped that around in the fourth quarter. What happened in that fourth quarter that let you guys get that advantage back? I think the way we responded in the third quarter uh, was huge. And Jordan hitting that shot right before uh, the clock expired was a great momentum boost for us. You know, when a team goes on a run like they did, and it was more than a run. They pretty much dominated the entire third quarter. For us to still go into the fourth quarter with the lead, that's huge. And I think that was something that we could build on, and we did. And, you know, coming out there in the fourth quarter, we were able to get stops. And we got out in transition, got a couple easy buckets. That was huge for us. Andrew Wiggins has been such a consistent presence for you all, all playoffs long, really. Can you just speak to at what point that trust began to build that he was the guy you would look for in those moments? Uh, I mean, that trust has been building for, for two and a half years now since he, since he got here. You know, a lot of people looked at the trade like, oh, it's another piece that they can move. And we looked at the trade from the very beginning like that is a guy who can fit next to a healthy group absolutely well. Uh, I think, you know, when he first came here, and I'll never forget, it's when Tibbs wasn't with the Knicks. And Tibbs was like, you guys are going to love him. He competes. He defends. And he was telling us, Jimmy loved him. And, and we all know how Jimmy Butler is. Like, you got any softness to you, Jimmy don't like you. That's just how Jimmy is cutting. And um, he's continued to show that. He's continued to get better. He's taken on every challenge that, that we've thrown in front of him, and it's huge. And we need him to do that for one more win. Gary Payton, the second. You saw the injury. You saw the recovery. 
take me through what you saw from him. Are you shocked that he's doing what he's doing now? I'm not shocked at all. I think, you know, G is someone who, who works, and, you know, he wouldn't be in this position if he didn't work the way that he does. And to see him bounce back from the injury uh, like he did, is, it's like he just picked, off, picked up right where he left off at, uh, which is what he's done all year. He's defended. He's gotten putbacks. He, he comes up with loose balls. Uh, he's knocked his, knocked his corner threes down. And, you know, he's been absolutely huge. You're talking a guy who made this, te- this team as the 15th man and then became a key part of our rotation. So uh, it's no surprise uh, that he had the game that he had and, and that, you know, he's had the impact on this series that, you know, we all hoped that he would get back because we knew that he could have that impact. Following up on Malika's question just about Wiggins, when, when did you see this determined grit uh, and confidence on both ends just start to really reveal itself. I mean, that, that didn't happen right away. Well, no, that didn't happen right away. Um, I think he, you know, started to fill it out. And, and coming into this year, he was an all-star starter for a reason. You know, he, he defended very well. Um, he scored the ball very well. And, and really just plugged right in. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you need to call a set for him every time. He's just kind of been getting it. And... You know, he's continued to do that, and I think the bigger the challenge has been that we've thrown in front of him, the better he's responded. And, and that's a guy like that. Uh, that's a guy, you know, you want a guy like that, uh, that, you know, when the stays get big, they respond and they play their best basketball, and that's what he's been doing. Trey, uh, you spent a lot of your career after wins talking about how amazing Steph is. Is it a different kind of satisfaction when it's a night like tonight? And every, especially after game four, you all talked about needing to help him. No, I don't think there's a different type of satisfaction. A win is a win. Whether Steph gets 43-10-4 or whether he finishes with 16-07 for 22 shooting, a win is a win. And, you know, obviously we have spoke about helping him, and I don't think he's he's been out there helpless. Like, that's the narrative. Um, but everybody's doing their part. And, you know, tonight, a night that he didn't have it going, we found offense elsewhere. And that's kind of what it's been. But in the same token, if he's got it going, we're going to be heavy Steph Curry. That's just what it is. So the whole notion of this guy doesn't, you know, he doesn't have help. Well, he got 43. He's going to keep shooting, and we're going to keep doing all that we can to get him shooting. So uh, it was huge, and that's good for us. You know, he was 0 for 9 from 3. He's going to be livid going into game 6, and that's exactly what we need. All right, so the last part first there. He's going to be livid going into game six, which is exactly what the Warriors need. Uh, the bigger the challenge, the better he's responded. Draymond Green talking about Andrew Wiggins. And probably the quote of the night, Whitey, he was an all-star starter for a reason. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this. The fourth quarter tonight, Wiggins was without question. It wasn't even close the best player on the floor, five for six in the fourth quarter of a finals game that you're trying to win, five for six for ten points. He had five rebounds, and the guy he was guarding, who's pretty good, Jason Tatum, was one for five and looked worn down. So Andrew Wiggins was bigger than huge tonight in the fourth quarter of a finals game. He was, without question, and by far the best player on the floor no doubt and and that is the reason why the Warriors have this 3-2 advantage going back to Boston with an opportunity to close it out let's hear a little bit from Clay Thompson tonight Uh, Clay Thompson playing well in this one 
uh, the 7 to 14, knocked down five three pointers. Uh, here's Captain Clay with the Warriors up 3 2. Considering what you guys have been through over the last eight years, how does it feel to be this close to another championship? I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It does feel good, but I've, we've been here before 2016, and we might have been, you know, overly eager, but so like, it feels good, but we haven't done anything yet. And the mission still is the same. And we're all eager to get to Boston and play a great game on Thursday. Clay, someone who's been here from the beginning, how, how good does it feel to see other guys play the type of basketball you guys uh, instituted, you know, years ago? Oh, it's special. I mean, buying in is biggest keys to success in this league. And for what Andrew did tonight, I mean, it, we don't get you don't we don't get more excited than when Wiggs dunks on somebody mean mugs them. That that really uplifts the whole team and the Bay Area. And I mean, Jordan Poole was clutch tonight. Gary Payton the second. I mean, I go down the list. We just had contributions from the whole roster. Do you think this is your best defensive series that you've played? In these playoffs? It could be, but it doesn't mean anything if I go out there and lay an egg in a couple of days or a few days. So I'm just excited to build on it. And, wow, just going to be – I've never been so excited to go to Boston, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Jerry Payne, a little more than a month ago, obviously, had an injury that looked like it could have ended his season. Draymond, by his own admission, played atrociously in game three. And it seems like they both sort of personified what you guys did on defense tonight. Yeah. I'm hoping you could sort of convey – we've talked a lot about Draymond over the years, but what they each mean to your team defense. Gary plays bigger than any other six-foot-two NBA player I've ever seen. Uh, his vert and his ability to slide in front of the ball, obviously we know where that came from, from his pops, but his vert is something special. And his uh, improved jump shot has also been a huge weapon for us. And then with Draymond, he got us going early with his pressure and his just his heart and getting up and down the floor. And Draymond is the heart and soul of this team. And I'm, I just love going to battle with those two guys. They uh, are just a gritty throwback type of players. The trio of you, Steph, and Draymond now have one more finals win than the trio of Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony Parker. <laughs> to you... <laughs> Right there. Wow. What does that stat mean to you? I mean, someone, you know, obviously that yeah. knows the game, been around for, for this long. It's a blessing. I mean, those three guys are Hall of Famers and some of the greatest to ever play. And uh, I feel like they played my whole life, my whole childhood. So to be in this, just mention the same company with them, that is humbling. And, you know, it won't mean much unless we get another win. So that's awesome. I mean, but it would really add to our legacy if we close this thing out. Clay, we often ask you guys, what it's like to watch Steph when he has a really special night like he did in, in game four. <laughs> What's it like having to kind of endure when he has this rare, tough night? And is it added stress? Is it, you know, how, do, how does it filter out to the rest of the team in terms of rallying around that? Well, Steph is the best to ever shoot it. And I'll tell you what, everyone in this building, including the fans and those watching, believe the ball is going in when it leaves his fingertips. So we're never stressed or worried about number 30. He has done so much and elevated this franchise to a place where it was hard to even imagine that he has leeway. He can have a bad night. I just know he'll respond. He's one of the greatest competitors I've ever been around, and he uh, is a perfectionist like myself, so I know he'll be thinking about the shots he missed, and that's a good thing because Thursday, uh, hopefully most of the time, he regresses to the mean, and it's scary when he does. Tonight's the first time Steph did make a three in a regular season or postseason game. 
after 233 straight games. It's the longest streak in yeah. NBA history. By a long or, shot. All-time great shooter like yourself. Can you even begin to contextualize what that streak is like? I mean, the man is a magician with the ball in his hands and really just kind of re you just kind of redefine what the point guard position is capable of. I've never seen a player who can shoot off the ball screen or the pin down or anywhere like Steph. And I just have been very blessed to share the backcourt with him. I just, you know, I've seen him do so many amazing things that's become routine and expected, but it shouldn't be because uh, he is really a transcendent talent that we'll never see again. Growing up, what did you learn from your, pop, from your pops about the, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry? And even though you're obviously with a different team, how has that shaped your experience facing them in the finals so far? Well, when you face a team with the history like the Celtics, it's, it's awesome. I mean, they've had the, some of the greatest players that ever dribble a ball, all the way back to Kuzi and Russell, to Bird, McHale, Parrish, and even watching Paul Pierce and Kobe go at it. And now to add to that legacy and – it's, it's great. And uh, growing up, we would watch those games and you could just feel the tension in the forum or at the, the Boston Garden. I know he looks back on those with just so much joy, as, as I do too, because uh, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry really built the NBA, you can say, and it's one of the greatest rivalries in the world. So to kind of be able to be a part of that with, you know, Golden State and Boston, it's a new chapter and just it's just awesome to be here. It's like a, it's like a dream, honestly, like Compared to what I was doing last year in this building at this time of the year, it's a dream. Clay, how did your recent retreat on the water get you ready for game five tonight? It doesn't matter what time of the year it is, the bay, you know, it can be cold. But when it's one of those days where it's in the low 60s and the sun, sun is shining, you, I, I make it a point to jump in the ocean. I just think the ocean has healing properties that a pool might not have or a cold tub. And just to be immersed in nature like that, it just it really makes me happy and just your whole body feels so great when you get out of that cold water and you just feel like, honestly, you just feel a little closer to God when you look up at the beautiful skies and you just in the ocean, like it's a, I'm an Aquarius. So I just have always loved the water my whole life. And it really is my happy place besides the hardwood. Clay Thompson, everybody. I mean, wow. (laughs) What, how do you, how do you even follow that Whitey? Well, I will say this: when you, anyone who swam in, you know, anywhere around in the bay or along the coast here, he said, when you get out of the water, it feels great. It does because it's so freaking cold. When you get out of that water, it's like, oh my goodness, thank goodness, I'm glad I'm not in that water. Um, but that was wonderful. My my favorite part of that with Clay was, I tell you what, I've never been so excited about going to Boston in my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of a lot of really quotable portions to that press conference. I think that that's right at the top. I think the one right at the end uh, is a big one. And then Clay also acknowledging the twentieth NBA Finals win combined with Steph Clay and, yeah. and Draymond. Now uh, the second most uh, Finals victories for a trio since nineteen seventy uh, between the, behind the Lakers. I guess Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, Magic Johnson and Michael Cooper uh, wow. had also had had twenty two. I guess if if you if you go back through it, I know there was the the stat also with with Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker and Tim Duncan. So the so the Warriors move up on that list tonight. I will just say this, and I know you know Clay knows what's going on way better than I ever will. But you know he said about Steph had a bad game, and uh, again Clay knows this better than anybody. But Steph had a bad shooting game tonight. 
and he's the greatest shooter in the world. So anytime he has a bad shooting game, you really notice it. But other than that, I mean, again, he had eight assists, recognizing the way Boston was blitzing him and trying to trap him, that other guys were going to be open. And he had eight assists, and he had a, a single turnover, especially when you see the way Boston throws the ball all over the place. It gets to the point where it's almost comical. Steph did not shoot the ball well tonight, but other than that, he did a lot of really good things that helped the Warriors win. Definitely did, and yeah, Curry didn't make a three tonight, ending that streak. 132 consecutive playoff games with at least a three-pointer. First playoff game of his career, he didn't make at least one three-pointer, and you have to go all the way back to November 8th of 2018 the last time Steph didn't make a three-pointer in a game postseason or in the regular season so 233 consecutive games there with Steph uh, making a three-pointer that streak comes to an end tonight and our final note here uh, before we hear from Steph uh, a little bit uh, teams that win game five of a 2-2 series. I know you love this. Go on to win the series 73.3% <laughs> of the time. It's happened 30 times, 22-8. and eight. The winner now of game five goes on to win the series. Uh, and 81% of the time, just overall, teams that lead 3-2 go on to, to win the series. So the Warriors, yeah, I think we're officially past that, that game three issue. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know if I have any uh, proof of this, but I think that any game, one through seven of a any finals, the better team tends to win that game and the best team tends to win the series, regardless of where, who's won how many at what point. And I think, my point is really, after the last two games, I think Boston, for the first time during this playoffs, that they are realizing that they're playing a team that top to bottom, stem to stern, is better than them. They they knew they could beat Brooklyn to their credit. They did. They knew they were better than a, a Bucks team without Middleton. They knew they could beat the Heat. But to me, they look like a team tonight in the fourth quarter coming to the realization that these guys are better than us. They, they lost their composure a little bit. Now it's been a, a crazy playoff series back and forth, and I'm sure Boston, you know, a fine team, they're going to have a little something-something for game six. But as I said earlier, J.D., I really like like the Warriors' chances of wrapping this thing up in Boston. All right, that's going to do it for us. So we're up against it. I thought we had a little bit more time uh, to hear from Steph, but you know what? We'll, we'll give Steph the night off uh, yeah. uh, after the O for nine, and, and we'll we'll hear from him uh, after the ball game in Boston on Thursday. So great stuff, Whitey. Really looking forward to uh, heading yes. back to Boston. Exciting times. Uh, game six on Thursday, and uh, we'll we'll talk again then, my man. Yeah, have a good time. Uh, some Sam Adams should be great for those pipes, brother. Yeah, no, no question about it. It's it's definitely coming. You you got that right. So that'll do it uh, for Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. We're back with you Thursday night as I'll be in Boston at TD Garden, following Game Six and taking it all the way deep into the night, uh, at least until midnight. Uh, if the Warriors are crowned NBA champions, thanks to Sterling Bennett and Craig Valentino and everybody in our San Francisco studios. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. Again, Warriors get the job done. 104-94, Game 6 on Thursday. Keep it locked right here on your home for Golden State Warriors basketball. One more to go for the title, and you're going to hear it all right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.